We're going live. Go ahead, Grim. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to D&D After Dark again, podcast of the Tabletop Dungeoneers. Um, so I'm Grim DM, obviously, and we've got Zero and It's a Critical. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? What's up, up? everybody How are we doing? doing? Yeah, what, what's everyone been working on over the last week? Um... I knocked out three videos yesterday. <laughs> I was home by myself. Both kids was nice. in school. I'm like, heck, why not? Here, I've been uh, I've been working on organizing my mini table space, which is all a mess right now again. Oh, gee, I wonder where you got that book from. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> for the uh, awesome Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Adventurers Guide. I appreciate it, man. I was surprised when you sent that to me, dude. That was that's well, cool. Bill sent it to me, and I figured I already got a copy, so yeah, no, that's why totally, not pass it on? Yeah, definitely. And I, I love Forgotten Realms, dude. I love the Sword Coast. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I wish the book was more involved with Fey Run, but I mean, it is what it is, you know. That that other book that Bill sent me, um, that I won that contest in, yeah, at, at Greenwoods. Oh my gosh, so much! And it's you lucky bastard, dude. That's a good book. It is, and yeah, it's that's a good yeah. Point. It was printed for fourth edition, but he's right. You can use it for any system, uh, any edition. What's up, hate? Hate's on there. He says, "Oh, what's hate. up, hate?" Yeah. <laughs> he's, been, yep. he's been waiting since eight o'clock this morning. Guys, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know if I was going to make it because our fridge died yesterday, Ooh. and we thought, "Oh, maybe it'll be all right." We just changed a PowerPoint. Woke up this morning, and it was dead. So I had to like order a fridge online this morning. Oh, it was like six hundred bucks, yeah. <laughs> and then and then a four hour drive down here to the motel. But I've been writing little bits on my campaign world um, and yeah, making videos, a couple of videos for my channel. Yeah, the, the campaign world videos are actually pretty cool. I, 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 yeah. I, I dig them, and I think that there's not enough of, of that kind of. I mean, there's. There's a ton of D and D videos, but I think the information you're putting out is is worthwhile. It's definitely some, not you know this is just cool, but this is this is how it can be done. You know what I mean? And that's a good thing. Just like your your videos, crit. Like when you put your videos out about using those different types of tools, things that are outside the box. That's good stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait for and you to get those story dice and those those uh. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. Pretty off. Pretty cool. cool. Well, I see, I got, I can't remember where I got the idea, but I seen it like some other YouTubers use it and stuff too. I'm like, and I'm like, a lot, a lot more people need to know about this. I wanted to show you guys something real quick. I made this like a year ago. I don't know if it's picking it up on the camera. If you oh, that dice row initiative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. Initiative, right. And I found this picture online, and what I did was I bought one of those wood burners. You know, uh -huh. the wood burning kits. Yeah. And I just engraved it. And then, you know, I coded it, and it's it's a it's a dice box, you know. Sweet. I've been so, thinking of doing something similar for a DM screen. I found this point. online just this week. Yeah. Road <laughs> issue, but gee, that's where you got the picture from. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I did? Do you like the uh, the uh, the landscape or the horizon one on your DM screens, Grim? I, I like the taller sort mm -hmm. of A4-sized panels, personally, mm -hmm. just because it's easy to keep a laptop behind it yep. and, and, and and notebooks and stuff. like. Because I'm used to the second edition, second printing, so it's actually two screens, so it's six panels, so I've got like a nice area for laptop and notebook <clears> and dice and all that. I think the 3.5 one that I, st I still have the 3.5 one, and it was 
tall enough and it had four four sheets you know but they were big they were full size so i could put yeah. my laptop and i've yeah. got like a 19 inch screen laptop because i'm i'm blind as hell so i have a Same. huge laptop screen but that it hid behind it no problem you know what i'm saying it, mm. was, it, it worked you know because i could put monsters back there and you know you get, you get the yeah. players every once in a while like <laughs> you know? what you and could actually, do it was it was big enough to be like oh, his rivers there you go who's this dwarf forge guy yeah, Rivers, no. <laughs> Who's this Dwarven Forge guy? Cujo. Fresh out of the shower. <laughs> Look at that clean so, boy. Real quick for everybody who's watching, this is Cujo with um, the Overboard DM, and it looks like we've got Rivers in there yeah. from what is what's his channel again? Rivers RPG. I think it's Rivers, Rivers RPG. RPG. Rivers RPG. RPG yes. That's right. Where is Rivers, it? thank you for joining us today. Thank you. But hey, yeah, Rivers, do me a favor, man. You got to boost your mic up. We can't yeah. hear. Yeah. Cujo, hey, can you hear me? I can check, hear check. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Is that so, better? Yeah, a little. Uh, say it again. A little. Hello, hello. Good. A little yep. better. Yeah, a little more. A little more. A little bit. Hey, how you doing? Good. Yep, that's Perfect. good. There you go. Um, awesome. Grim, what I was going to suggest is you could buy like three binders, three, uh, three ring binders, and some sheet protectors, and make your own with uh, like duct tape. That's what I did with mine. I just found a, um, what I like online, and just slip, uh, slip them in. I've seen a few guys do that and like clip them together, but I think I oh, might get some really thin ply and fine hinges and just do a hinge mm. one a bit more sturdy, Ooh. and then I can actually like stick. Mm. Like I just print the tables hey, out that I want. You know what's stick really good on. for that? Um, MDF Let me show you mine. Mm. MDF board is really good for that because it's like it's thin, but it's you know you can screw into it and not destroy it. Yeah. You can put little hinges on it. I was thinking about doing the same thing. And like wood engraving and some stuff for my screen, but yeah, that, I, I thought it, I'll, I'll try that. And if it's shit, I'll just varnish a picture onto it or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so here's mine. This is the the one that I did the video on. Was the second one I made, but this was my first one. Mm. And I just took duct tape and sheet protectors with three old binders I had, and it's honestly it's sturdy, sturdy that's, as hell. That's straight yeah. urban commando, man. That's, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, two different um, colors and stuff like. My my friends are like, yo, yeah, we got the official screen. I'm like, okay. They look at mine and they go, wow, yours has a lot more information. And I'm like, roll stats is on. He said he's yep. he's talking to hate right now. He's saying, what's up? Almighty's on as well. Almighty says he thinks he's okay. he started using a smaller size okay. screen, uh, just to roll to dice behind. And um, okay, I will hear this too. You know. Almighty, um, yeah, I mean, if you're just, yeah. if that's all you're doing, if you're just rolling dice, it, the small screen's fine. The one I got with the new three, the, the fifth edition book, it's, it's a really short screen. So, I mean, if, you know, to travel with, it's not bad. But, I mean, I already, where I play, I already have my dungeon, my dungeon master screen. So, you know, and like I said, I have the three, five one. So that's my preferred one. But the little one is nice. Like I said, if you don't have one, it's great for traveling and taking with you because it's just compact nothing wrong with that so maybe we'll get on to what the first topic because i'm sure this is gonna spur a whole whole lot of tangents and that but um we were gonna have a chat about rules lawyers so this is probably from a player's point of view and a dm's point of view uh how to deal with rules lawyers at the table good bad or otherwise people's experiences um and also, their strategies to prevent it. We're also going to talk about dealing with problem players. 
Yeah, yeah. So I just I, I want to caveat this whole video before we even start. Um, this is nothing personal against anybody specific or anything like that. This is not directed towards anyone. Um, we're we're going to try to do our best, I'm sure, not to offend anybody or be offensive to anybody. But that being said, this is a situation where we're looking at it from a Dungeon Master's perspective and how we choose to deal with those types of players. And whether you who are watching is one of those players or not, it's not that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you. Unless you're getting pissed off and you're angry, you probably are that problem player. So with that being said, let's 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 get into it. So I don't know. I, I, I guess I'll go first. I'm pretty vocal about dealing with <laughs> dealing with problem players. And I think another caveat or things for players and DMs to keep in mind. When it comes to rules, everyone makes mistakes. I can't know, possibly know, every single rule and variation of rules in all the books. <laughs> players Sorry. can own... You're, you're right. Players <laughs> might own supplements and books and have read up on it more than I have. If I make a mistake on a ruling, you know, that that's going to happen. I think the key to dealing with rules already type players is one the session zero that we talked about in the last episode setting the expectations like if it's going to take any more than 30 seconds to sort of come to a decision i'm just going to make a ruling and at the end of the the session we can just discuss it in a bit further detail and maybe come to a bit more of an agreement about it i'm always fair and people can use their characters and role play to to discuss a situation or a rule or something that they're trying to do. And because I'm a firm believer in story trumps rules, if you come up with an awesome thing that's like, you know, semi-plausible, but it really adds to the experience everyone's doing, like you think it's some like sort of crazy idea, I'll probably let you do it. Well, we were, I was DMing one session and these people were sort of, sort of hiding in this cavern and this... Um, Wizard did this spell of like transmute stone to mud. So the floor fell away from them at a 45 degree angle and they were sliding through this mountain. Now, one of the players like, well, I'm going to jump on my shield quickly and ride it like a toboggan down the mudslide. There's no rules for that. Like, and the chances of actually pulling that off when you're wearing armor and all that, pretty, <laughs> pretty slim. But I'm just like, yep, that's cool. And I just let it happen because that's fun. But in the same way, like, if you want to, say that you're wearing full plate mail and you can take a running jump over a 20 20 foot gap because you've got like 18 strength or whatever like i i'm just not gonna allow that and then i think the rules problems happen i experience this most in combat so people will be fighting a monster say you're fighting a a, a group of goblins and you're splatting goblins, but you have done heaps of damage to this one monster, and they're like, oh, this is bullshit. They should be dead. You must be cheating. You don't know whether that goblin is actually a goblin, not disguised as one, whether they've got some sort of, like, you, you butte magic item up their sleeve, someone else, a third party is protecting that goblin, um, whether you specifically have some sort of magical curse where you can't affect this one. There's so many different things, and I, it, it sucks, I guess, when players just jump the, this should have this amount of hit points, and now that thing should be dead. Like, to me, and I said it once and I'll say it again, 
as video gamer mentality, there's that much more depth to the game. And as players, you just need to open yourself up to those sort of um, possibilities. Yes, there are DMs who are dicks and just want to TPK everyone and that kind of thing. But generally, yeah, everyone that I speak to here and everything else just wants an enjoyable, flowing game. I think that's um, reasonable. Let's hear from Rivers. Is he there, Rivers? Yep. You there? Sorry. What's, what's your What's your What's your take on rules lawyers and problem players? How do you do you? I'm, I didn't even ask. Do you DM? Yes. Okay. Um, I've been DMing since uh, about eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, buddy. The golden yeah, huh? The golden days. Yes. <laughs> like the old school. Yeah, I started with uh, first edition, <laughs> and I still DM in three point five. Mm. Love it. I and, love 3.5. Uh, I play five sometimes at conventions and we get together with other friends, but uh, I still love 3.5. I have a lot of books for it. And I have a rules lawyer at my table. I have a table of oh, 10. No. And I, I, with 10 people playing, I gave them all jobs to do other than mm -hmm. just playing. Oh, you and, DM for 10 people. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry to cut you off real fast. Uh, we have uh, staff. He says, if a PC tries to say NPC stats, uh, then change the stats and throw crazy things in the mix. Sure. Yep. I mean, yeah, you know, that's, I would say, honestly, yeah. I mean, you don't know what an NPC should or shouldn't have. No player should know. You know what I'm saying? Unless you give them that character and let them control it. They shouldn't know, you know what I'm saying? And it's like I said last last show, my NPCs consist of a name, hit points, and initiative, and that's it. Yeah. They pretty much have everything they need and nothing you're going to want. So, you yeah. know, unless I need them to have something you want, you know what I'm saying? But otherwise, yeah, that's that's how I feel about NPCs. <laughs> Same thing for monsters. Yeah, the the rules lawyer at our table, I gave him a job, and his, his job is to look up rules whenever I have a question about them. That's exactly but, what I do. <laughs> and it's 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 fun because he's very good at it, mm -hmm. and it saves me time looking it up. I don't have to waste my time looking up rules. I can have him do it, and I'll either jump to the next player, or if we if it's something that has to be decided before we move on, we'll go ahead and fix it oh. and get the ruling. And my whole thought on DMing and D and D in itself is that rules are um, a guideline and you have to just <laughs> look at the rules and interpret them the way you you see fit it's like the pirate's the code it's the pirate's code yes They're more like guidelines not their guidelines rules. yeah I've exactly heard, i've heard tons of people say it and i'll be honest I've, I've been watching a lot of videos this week about players and handling poor you know rough players and you know, there's a lot of different approaches. Some people are just, you know, firm hand and you're out of here. Some people are yeah. like, like, like what we do is like, you know what? You want a rules lawyer? That's fine. I'll use you for that. You know, I need to arbitrate a rule or I need to find something quick. That person's good at it. Assign it to yeah. them. You know, that's usually, like I said before, I, that's what I've done. I've always, you know, if I can, I find somebody to, to do that. And I find a person who's good at looking it up. And re reading comprehension is extremely important, right? So like, 
if they can read fast but understand what they're reading, then I'm, I'm gonna, they're all in, right? But if, if I got someone who's just reading fast, I can't have them looking up rules because they're not going to understand what they just read. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it takes a whole bunch of time out of the, everybody's day to interpret those rules. You know? Yes. Um, that's says, it is. Nine times out of ten, it's an interpretation of the way something is written. And it happens in every... You can't think... I mean, for those of you who just play Dungeons & Dragons, that's great, but you can't even assume... That, that that's the only place that happens. I can't tell you how many times I've played a game of 40K or a game of something or a board game where we all sitting there with the same rules in the hand and four players are reading those rules yeah, differently. It totally just happens, you know, which is why the Dungeon Master is there. The Dungeon Master is there to, to arbitrate that final decision and make that final and say, okay, I may be wrong. I may be right. We don't know. We're going to say this is what it is at the end of the game if we go back and we really feel like it was detrimental to the game for example and i thought about this this week was like if you make a ruling as a dm right on a, on a rule that you guys are not sure about and a player loses his character because of it that's something you definitely want to go and amend right you want to go back and say okay let me make sure after the game that these rules were right and if you made a mistake you you got to bring it back right you got to give them that character back because you you know you did make a mistake be humble about it you know what i'm saying don't you know there's no point in being arrogant or, or snotty or or you know you know nasty about it just hey i made a mistake we all do it let's fix it you know what i'm saying Let the, let's let's understand that we can fix this mistake right so generally with with those types of things i find that if you have someone at the table who's actually looking up the rules and you very you very rarely have a situation that's like holy crap that one ruling screwed up the entire session and everybody's dead because of it like i've almost mm -hmm. never come across that you know, that's when you I, have a guy comes in and just raise everybody back up i mean i've had situations where <laughs> where players tpk the whole group because they they read rules for their spells or whatever the dm was like linear like that's exactly what you said you were doing this is exactly what happens everybody's dead because of it and it wasn't the dm that did it he just made the ruling and we were all like what the hell bro you know what i'm saying don't come back <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but and that's just as a player i was like yo like what did you just do bro you know um but like i said i mean that's that's usually how i tend to deal with the the rules lawyering and it's not easy because not every every group has that player you know, so you, you got to, you know, have a little not, bit of balance, you know. Sometimes I'm not gonna lie, I don't have to do that. a little bit extra work, too. That's, I mean, that's just my take. If you don't have that player, then you got to be that player. You got to be able to be quick, on Johnny, on the spot, look at those rules, know where they're at, and go, okay. Well, Crit, Crit, I thought you had a, uh, another DM that, that's in your group. Mm-hmm. He doesn't tend to be a, a rules lawyer? Nope. Good. No, it's like, uh, like, if... I'll, I'll be honest with him. I'm like, hey, I don't know how this works. Explain it to me and stuff because, you know, I comprehend things differently than other people, a lot slower and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we're trying to meet up and we're talk. like, okay, hey, I don't understand how this works. Can you explain That's it to me and stuff like that? So he'll do it. But, no, honestly, he doesn't try That's or good. or nothing. That, but, that you know, it's like we said last week. That's the guy you should be having do that. For, yeah, and he, especially at the game, like yeah. if some one of your players is like, "Well, my dwarven ability is this," and you're thinking, "I don't think that's the right way," talk to your guy. Say, "Hey, can you check for me really quick, mm -hmm. please?" And that's the guy that's going to be like, "Yup, boom, there it is." You know, 
while you're continuing on the game. Yeah. Yeah, like um, one of my other players, he's new. He's he's new too. He's been playing for about a year or so. And he'll ask this he'll ask the other DM, hey, how does this work? And that uh, that other DM will go, Okay, yeah, that's how this works. That's perfect. Then that's good. I mean, you know, yeah. it doesn't take away from your session and it doesn't take away from your and I hate to say this word because I know players that are watching right now are gonna cringe and be mad at me. Don't hate hate, but you know, <laughs> You know, you're save a die, subscribe, guys. <laughs> um, damn it, see, now I lost my trade. Of thought. He's, hates gonna hate you, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, my god. Oh, let's see. Pat says, Hi, Joe, grandpa with cats here. Oh, that's grandma with cats. Oh, grandma, that's that, that's that's my mom. That's my play, one of my that's one of my players. Nice. Mom, we hear so much about you. And she's uh, the miniature that I put in my all my videos with the grandma with the cat. Oh, that's that grandma. Oh, oh nice. She's, she's... nice. That is awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll segue into my yep. little bit. Um, and my two groups are all new players. Um, they're just happy to play. They don't go home and study the rules. I think we talked about this last week. Um, so I'm very fortunate. I don't have anybody, you know, I am the rules. I am the dungeon master You know, whatever I say goes, they trust me. They're having fun. They, they know that I'm not trying to kill them. And I, even though I smile sometimes, you know, the other times I'm worried. So they, and they see that. So, uh, yeah, I don't have any dice behind that screen. Unfortunately, I don't have any, you know, long time players that know what they're talking about or just, even just long-time players that just play characters that study all the rules and all the monsters, and you know, I don't have that either. So, lucky you. Uh, See, yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say on this topic, really. In my other group, oh, you, you go. go, ahead, go. No, you go. I got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the key things to point out to players who like pull this stuff is the whole player knowledge versus character knowledge. It's one of the most basic or important concepts of the game, yeah. but it's the one that's always causes the most confusion. Like I've been playing or running a session and, you know, some well, I'd be at some dude's house playing and his girlfriend will be watching us play and she'll be like, oh, why don't you try that? And they're like, oh, we're going to do that. And I'm like, no, you're not. You didn't think of that. Like, and it's... <laughs> It, 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 like I, I'm not a, like a total like, you know, like, ass about it and and trying to ruin their fun and that kind of thing. But you 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 know the party will split up and then they're having a conversation. Well, I'll do this and you do that. No 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 no. Like he's a way over there. Like you mean so what you're talking about is metagaming. Yeah yeah. So like and, and that's like yeah. So metagaming and then like reading like reading the rules and again like oh i know the monster manual back the front and every monster has this or you know oh that monster no, 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 no. can't cast that spell or whatever like well those are suggestions it, it, it can here i treat those like the monster manual i treat those as suggestions hit points or a suggestion yeah, if I want every rule of dinosaur, suggestion to me I'm gonna yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have a vampire dinosaur hey mom <laughs> a zombie dinosaur Mom, I play by the book. All my stats are exactly what they are. <laughs> I, I don't adjust hit points ever. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're grounded. <laughs> oh, Rivers does. Rivers does. Oh yeah. Mom, wait, wait, wait. Hey, could we get could we get a copyright strike for Dwarven Forge being there? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm officially no. sponsored. <laughs> you should be. Uh, yeah, I'm messaging Stefan. I'm messaging Stefan now. I'm getting you cut off. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, then you need to send some of that stuff my way. <laughs> yeah, really. That's no. good stuff there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Mama says, "Ha ha ha ha." Yeah. <laughs> Before um, we go into the next subject, uh, Rivers, I said, you know, I want to let you know I got that package in. I did record some video. I've been just working like a dog every day, so I am going to try to get that out. I want to, you know, I appreciate you sending me that little gift there. Cool. Yeah, it's not a problem. I got my gift from Critical. <laughs> hey, but. But also, thank you. I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but you didn't sign it, bro. Uh. <laughs> well, okay, Bill didn't sign it first. Yeah, but you should have. Wait a second, that could be, be the so book that went around the world. We could have all signed it. You're gonna be yeah. a celebrity. <laughs> that would actually be cool, I reckon. You know what? <laughs> Can we pick a better book? <laughs> 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 oh, you, yeah. you mean something from AD&D. &A. Oh, <laughs> no. I knew he was going to do that if I left it open. <laughs> the module that went around the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's funny. That We could actually do that. Yeah, because what, we got people in Tabletop Engineers Canada. Like, if we, do our, if we do a YouTube channel with the Tabletop Engineers, we could give it away for our first 100 subscribers. Yeah. Oh, that would be slight. I would know Discord. it. Because we're all over the place. Yeah. Um, Sign it, chuck a postcard in from wherever you live. Thought. <laughs> so what age did Cujo go down the wrong path? Um, what age? When he was born. He got, dro <laughs> he got dro dropped in the hospital. <laughs> well, I mean... Hey, his mom's watching. I, yeah, I don't think I was dropped, but I know that when I was about, I don't know, eight or nine, I jumped into a pool and I hit my head on the bottom of the... Of the <laughs> pool so oh, we, all, we all have done that man. i got yeah. some stitches on top of my head <laughs> oh i didn't do that and then i went you know and then i got hit by a, you know my motorcycle and went rolling down the street at you know who knows what how many miles per hour <laughs> i have done that my <laughs> i have eaten dirt gotten those nice road rashes um critical, um have you had any situations with 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 bad players yeah actually one of my first uh campaigns yeah, because I had this one guy. He was he he was dark, honestly, and well, like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these skulls and I'm gonna put powder in. I'm gonna make them a bomb. I'm like, dude, simmer down, man. Like he was a, simmer, simmer down. Cheer what up, did he do? cheer up, pal. <laughs> what do you? He, he's do? like making bombs out of these skulls like he went into details on how he would cut out the skulls and stuff I'm like dude it's a game well okay oh, yeah. i know where he got that from <laughs> uh, not jeffrey Dahmer, right no, oh god no but it's like like I'll show you in a second these guys right here these guys use loaded skulls as bombs mm. there's a 40 that? it's a 40k oh 40k 
Yeah, this is a Death okay. Guard space marine. They're they're like but, evil, corrupt space marines. They do that. They take human skulls, fill them with explosives, put wax on them, and then send them flying. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. That's a gimmick. That's what they do. Yeah, nice. it's like yeah. if he's like an evil player. Out well, you'd have. To, do you have gunpowder in your campaign? No. Um, what was no. he putting in them? Uh, gunpowder. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> Blaming it on how the characters but, uh, they, yeah. he I've got it in my backpack, don't you remember? <laughs> it's just, I was like, dude, let's tone it down. Because some of the other players at the time, too, because we all played on Discord in Row 20, and we was like, you know, didn't really like that idea. So we hey, told, hey, I would have let I would have let him do it, and if you had a problem with it, when he goes to throw him, it does like 1d4 damage. You know, make it do like, you know, like, he'd be like, oh, that's so weak. Come on. I'm like, hey, uh, skull man. I mean, that's what you're going to get, you know. Well, I I tone it down. She would duck. You know what? I wouldn't punish him. That's pretty creative, honestly. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not being, I'm not being silly. That's actually really creative, and I wouldn't well, punish him for it, but I would limit the ability to make those. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, 100%. Like, where, did the, where did you get the explosive from? It had to be a big thing. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can curtail things like that when you start adding in. You you've got to have like, well, using AD and D talk like proficiencies like not anyone can yes. just like get black powder yeah. and build a bomb like there's a good chance of it going up in your face when you're trying to yeah there's a <laughs> whole bunch together. of things like like that very point is it gunpowder do you even have gunpowder where do you get it what's going on with that but yeah he could theoretically if you you've given him gunpowder he finds somehow I mean, somehow if he's, like, well, if he's got a high enough intelligence alchemist fire i was going to say yeah, exactly yeah. exactly if or, he's got a high enough intelligence he could do that i mean chemistry is a thing right you yeah. can do that alchemy is a thing you can you can do you don't need gunpowder to make explosives but my no. point being oil for like that i wouldn't oil. i wouldn't punish him i would just kind of like make sure i limit that availability like obviously charge him for the, in the ingredients things like that make him go find the ingredients you know make it more not as accessible as like going to the store and buying a potion you know what i'm saying like because mm -hmm. that's a pretty creative approach to something what, i mean what, isn't this the new character isn't this the new character that artificer that's why they've been holding off and bringing him out because he can create uh potions he can create this he can you know He's one of those guys that can create, and that's why they held back so much. Bring him into fifth edition, because well, artificers, he, he, artificers were. Yeah, I think that's what they were. They were like alchemists, mm -hmm. like they could, you know, yeah. they can make stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, think, I personally think black powder weapons are a mistake. They're too, and unless I think unless you're experienced, like it's got to be so well regulated because mm -hmm. things can just get out of hand. Like it was cool, like. It helms deep when the Urukai did like the basically the suicide bomb thing to blow a hole in the side of the wall. Mm. But Saramon was the only, was like the wizard powerful enough to organise and collect that sort of thing. If the average Joe walking down the street can just go into like the maid shop and buy like a bag well, of <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, black powder. Have you guys ever seen a movie called Iron Kingdom? Or is it Iron or the Kingdom? Right, babe. Which one is the one with Orlando Bloom? The kingdom, kingdom of heaven. Sorry, oh. kingdom of heaven. Have you guys I think ever I've seen, seen that? that. Okay, so in the end, like um, Al Qadim, he had catapults, and he was catapulting huge balls of fire. And like these things, as soon as they hit the wall, they, they would explode. explode. 
Now, so I don't mean, I don't know if it was gunpowder or oil, because I think it was oil, because the way it spread over the wall, it, it seemed like oil. Yeah, because I, just that's raw, I mean, that's, it's, it's a possibility. What I'm saying is those kinds of creative ideas are not, they shouldn't be punished, but they should be, like you said, extremely regulated, right? Because, you know, if a player's got like fireballs in his pocket, then. Well, I look at it like this, Grim. <laughs> Um, I thought about that too, and I started when I start bringing ships in and pirates, and mm -hmm. am I going to have cannons on the ship? Am I going to have? Am I going to have? Yeah, well, that's of course going to be on the ship. But <laughs> um, am I am I going to have the pirates? Because there's a lot of miniatures with guns. Do I want to try to remove the guns, turning turning them into something else? And I really thought about it a lot, and I'm I not sure what we're. Up to my buddy Eric, he's down at the bottom of the chat there, region. Yeah, 40k, <laughs> bro, you know it. Um, what do we what do we look at with an attack? Um, you're you're shooting uh, a magic, you know, either whether it be I mean, just a spell or you're shoot you're shooting yeah you're shooting a arrow. Mm -hmm. It's gonna do one d six, one d eight, whatever damage it's doing. You can say okay, well this is another. It's like you're uh, just changing the weapon type and saying it's gonna be a gunshot. And then right. if you if you have something wrong with like the distance or the range. And you might, if it depends on what kind of gun it is, if you got a muzzle loader, what's going to take um, either a, well, if you're playing 5e, maybe a bonus action to reload or even a full action. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like, well, that's not going to be very good. You're going to use it. And, you know, you're going to have to reload that at, uh, some other time. You know, right. so it's I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's and then if saying, it does like, the same amount of damage that an arrow would do, or. Use, see, I've, I thought that you know, in 3.5, there was an actual book. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been the Warrior's Guide. But there was rules for flintlocks and things like that, like dwarven weapons and cannons and stuff like Didn't that. Didn't they do like an they did an arms and equipment book for three yeah, or three like arms, five? Yeah, I think. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It. Arms and equipment, yeah. and uh, mm -hmm. I I used some of that stuff because, but I used it so sparingly because I didn't want it to be like, well, everybody's carrying a flintlock, because that's just yeah. ridiculous. You know what I mean? And then you know, wizards are no longer wizards; they're just pistoliers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just like okay, but I used it sparingly enough for the players to be like, wow, that is some amazing stuff. But I don't want to mess with it. You know what I'm saying? Like they got the impression that it's like that's cool, but that's their thing. We're not gonna. I'm gonna still shoot my bow and the other guy. I'm gonna still shoot my crossbow or use my daggers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I well, don't, if it's dwarven, you want to use a dwarven blunderbuss. That, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you know, you gotta spray. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying. Like in like, Warcraft, example, I know some people <laughs> don't like using steampunk in their D and D games, and I'm a big fan of War Machine. You know, I don't. Hey, Mark, how you doing? A bunch of the, I have Thanks a bunch of models us. and stuff, and I've used Warjacks, the steam-powered, and I just use them as constructs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they weren't overpowered, they weren't overbearing, they were challenging for the ones that I threw at the party, but it wasn't to the point where people were like, "Dude, this was ridiculously broken. There was no way we could beat that monster." You know what I mean? No, it's just a part of the game. You limit what its capabilities are. You know what I'm saying? And, and it gives yeah. that game a little bit more volume right like using flying ships like you know in a game like you know the spell jammer ships you could use those in a regular game D game and not it not become like well everybody's got to park their car or ship and they've all got alarm systems no it, you, you, you put it in there and you put it in sparingly and it just adds to the amazement of the game and not you know you're not selling them like hey everybody takes a ship hey, you get a ship and you get a ship and you get a cannon and you get a cannon no hey just, oprah you know, you and I think, <laughs> I think like Grim, um, it, you're the you're the boss. You know, you're the DM. Just like you know, you can't. I know that you know you're playing old D and D with like you know five races, but 
you know, you 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 could you can limit you know even in fifth edition you can say hey core rule book that's it mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and you know if someone if, a, if a player a player character is like I want to have a gun I want to have a gun I'll be like well why though what's what's your goal is you just is it just flavor is just because <clears throat> when I draw my uh, bow out I really don't want a bow I'd like to have a, someone have a gun I mean I can maybe talk about it but really it's my you know I'm the DM so it's final yeah. final it, I'm the final say. If you and don't feel like it's in your world, then you know you don't want to do it. Saf says in D and D setting, I agree with the limit to guns, but I ran a sci-fi fantasy futuristic world with technology and laser rifles. In the DM guide, there's actually a little section where it talks about the guns and stuff. Yeah. And in the, and it also talks about like laser rifles and stuff too. Mm-hmm. If you so take modern, yeah. the, the modern D twenty system and the sci-fi like the the future D twenty system. When it you know for three five they worked really well they they were really compatible with three five D and D so you as a GM like I said you can pretty much pick and choose what you're going to use and what you're not going to use and make it and you can either make it available to them or not that's session that's just session it. zero just like uh, we talked about that's before session zero yep. that's what's valuable about session zero what do you think Rivers yeah I I think it's up to the DM and whatever he wants to do is is his rules it's his it's his house basically and i don't use guns i haven't yet um now if you want to get creative with oil and make like oil hand grenades that's another thing oh yeah but uh, i mean that yeah yeah, definitely yeah you get splash damage and everything else and Mm -hmm. you're using pottery like a pottery bowl or whatever and you're lighting it and throwing it you know you you got to make a, a to hit roll, and if you're mm-hmm. off, where's it going? It's going to spray mm-hmm. somewhere. That's just you like, may... uh, yeah, yeah, just like Critical Role. Um, you do you watch Critical Role, Rivers? No, I do no. not. Oh, the Gunslinger, well, they... Matt Mercer's Gunslinger. Well, no, they they did that uh, the Fluffer Nutter. Well, they you know that's oh. their little nick little nickname for it. They throw a a little bag of uh, gunpowder. <laughs> One one throws it and the other one's got to shoot a, a firebolt at it at the nah. right just the right time, and if it if they is a whole bunch of ifs, and it might do a whole bunch of damage and usually it don't or usually it, the throw's got to be at the right distance and yeah. and he's got to try to hit that at the you know and that's the accuracy of that that could fail and usually it's like a, a huge debate whether they're gonna do it and it's always no let's not do that because it's a waste of actions and a waste of time, and we lost our turn. But it's fun because they act it out and they try to like, you know, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do fluff or nutter, yeah, you know. But yeah, the oil is a great idea. Throwing the oil and then possibly some fire on it after that. It's yeah, awesome idea. Now, the question is, who does it hit, and who do they set on fire? You know what's yeah. cool? <laughs> you know what you guys can do if you're if you're concerned about limiting it. Eat popcorn. No, I'm not eating. You can use something like this. This is a deviation dice. Scattered dice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> scatter dice. You just let you yeah, have them dice. roll that scatter dice. Or if you don't have one of these, this is a really unique dice. Just use a D10. When it rolls, wherever it points, that's where it ended up. And that number that it's on is can be the amount of spaces it went off right. of where their intended target was. And once you start, if you did that, players will start to think twice about whether or not it was yeah. you know, risk versus reward. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yep. Saf says I was running a 3.5 using DD with Star Wars D20, 
-hmm. set the basic for the world, then later design my own classes, races, and prestige classes. Blue Street Custom says DM is is master. That's yes. why he's called the Dungeon Master. No, you know what? He says Blue, goats. Blue, you're right to a degree, and I'm Blue's always right. Listen, I'm, I'm Blue. This may be unpopular <laughs> amongst DMs. I'm just gonna say it though. You are right to a degree. The Dungeon Master is the final arbiter of the rules. But if you cannot be a neutral party in the in the in the debate then you shouldn't be a dungeon master, right? Because if you don't have players, you got no game. Period. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to be, if yeah. your only answer is always ever, I make the rules because I'm the dungeon master, you're going to be dungeon mastering by yeah. yourself. I was going to say, you shouldn't even be a dungeon master. I mean, yeah. maybe not, but whatever. I mean, just saying you're going to be, well, that's, eventually people are going to get wise and be like, all right, well, bet money. I don't want to be in this game. Yeah, that's, I am. That's, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I brought up, uh, you know, if someone insists, that man, I really want to have a gun or whatever it is. That's not you don't really feel like it's in your campaign setting. I mean, something like that is. I would just right? say, hey, what what is what is it that you want to play? What what right. is it that you feel like? The, I want to make them happy. I want them to play the game. Sure. And it's absolutely. like if it you know if it's just flavor, but you and I can say, hey, it's going to be the same damage. It's going to have the same kind of you know. Uh, that, that's the other thing, action right? is, economy. Is, is knowing I'm the fine balance, with it. You know, that's the thing though, right? Knowing the balance of when to give a player something. Or rather, allow something that is one player beneficial as opposed to the group, right? Because when you start compromising in that sense, right? Like, you want a pistol, all right, your pistol shoots magic missiles. Okay, cool. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Now, the cleric's going to be like, well, I want a cross that has holy light coming out of it whenever I touch it. And then they explain it or whatever, whatever. Now, you got to either give him that. Or help deal with the argument of, well, you let the freaking wizard have a pistol that shoots magic missiles all day. What the hell? You know, well, did, be like, well, did you did you read did you reflavor that pistol or did you actually give him a new magic item? I mean, it, it, I mean, either way, you know, you got to be able to balance it. That's what I'm. That's all. I'm I, I, yeah. I just think is like okay with the whole gun debate. The existence of black powder is one thing. And then if they're creating a new character, so level one and they already have access to, like, black powder, like, that's a ramification that impacts the whole world. Even if I stat it the same as, like, it's just, like, a hand crossbow sort of thing. <laughs> if I stat it the same as that, the damage is no better, but they just want it to go bang instead of <laughs> when it shoots. Um, <clears throat> that, and... Again, that's just me. I like high fantasy, Tolkien-esque sort of stuff, and gunpowder is just not for me. Same with like Eberron technology sort of stuff. I, I just don't really do it. Like magic is the mysterious thing that makes stuff happen in my world, and not. Okay, so I got a question. <clears throat> okay, so I I have a brand new player that joined me on the last session. He made a fighter and stuff. Uh, one of my other players bought him the PHP. He's looking through it, and he goes, well, I want to change my class, and my class is race. Is that okay? I said yes, because he's new, and he wants to experience. Would you guys allow that? Because... Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. First session? Let me ask huh? You. First session, he made, a, a, he made a level four fighter, because that's what my current party is at right now. They're at level four. So okay. 
he uh, he made a fighter. We help him made a fighter and stuff, just to see if he would like it. Let me guess, he didn't he didn't like not having magic. Uh, he, oh, he had a blast. He just he was I guess he's he was like oh I'm gonna try this I'm gonna try this I'm gonna try this then oh, sorry about that. Yeah. But um, uh, he has a class he wants to play. And I told him, go for it. Make him level four and stuff. Go for it. Okay. It's first time. He's my, first my, time playing. My take. Uh huh. Is that there's nothing wrong with that. If it's okay, if you introduced him to the game with a four, level four fighter, that's a great introduction, right? Like it's your this is D and D. When he got the PHB and realized, well, I could make a sorcerer, or I could make a cleric, or I could make a paladin, or I could make a monk. Yeah. Now he's actually choosing to commit to this game one. And your campaign too. So I would say yes, but I would also inform him. Can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing. Oh, this. he knows. Okay. So then, yeah. <laughs> no, then I, I already knew where you were going. That's totally yeah. fine. I mean, why yeah, wouldn't but... you? You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, would you be? I mean, seriously, if you joined the game for the first time and you were like, okay, and the, the DM handed you a fighter and said, you're gonna play the fighter first just to try mm -hmm. it out. Okay, cool. And then the next session, you said, I really like this game. I want to get involved. What can I make? Well, you're stuck with the fighter. I'm like, well, <laughs> deuces. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, most players would be right because, you know, if yeah. you're gonna tell me there's an option of 20 different classes, but I can only have the one you gave me, um, no. yeah, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table uh, on my Wednesday session because he's gonna bring a lot of questions, huh? He's gonna bring a lot of questions. <laughs> you know what? That's what I got the other DM for too, right? Great, hmm? <laughs> critical. Yo. Well, while my mom's still here in chat, I don't know how long she's going to be able to stay uh, with us, but you have to explain to her your cleric oh, that you want to <laughs> play because, and why I say this is because she herself is a cleric. Um, and I need you to explain your cleric, how really cool it is. And it's the coolest cleric in the world. Oh, yeah, very cool. He is she still he here? Healed? I don't know. No, oh, yeah, she heals. Then there's no point in having him explain anything, man. I don't heal. <laughs> My cleric does not heal. He's a forge cleric. He makes stuff. He's a cleric that has no healing spells. Oh, wow. Oh, Rivers didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's a cleric. Okay. Strictly. Right, real quick. Um, um, Rivers, I'm going to start with you real quick. How do you handle a player, not a rules lawyer, just a player who's not fitting in well in your game at all and just being says, wow. a bad player. How do you deal with that? I've only had had to deal with it one time. And it was many years ago. I had a player that just wanted everything, wanted everything given to him and wanted this, wanted that. And all the other players hated him and were getting sick of him. So... One day on an adventure, I told him the skies opened up and this giant thumb comes down and crushes your character. Give me your sheet. And, and I killed him. What the fuck? Oh, I, I've seen that, the giant thumb. It's on page the 192. The thumb of God. <laughs> yes. The thumb of God came down and just crushed it's in, I think it. Is it a Volos guy? <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know. It, <laughs> no, it's in River's RPG Guide. That's yes. what it is. <laughs> is, that, is that a free download? I'll, I'll get it. 
I'm gonna play uh, that. I'm gonna play that on hate when he in that campaign we got. <laughs> as long as it's not me, I don't care. <laughs> okay, so okay, real quick. That's my God right there. All right, Rivers. So you you brought down the thumb of God. Yes, and I <laughs> oh my scared. God, lol. <laughs> which so one? Just, okay, hang on a second. Which guys. which God? So no no, hang uh, on, hang on, hang on. So you I think it was you, Odin. You killed his character. Killed right? his character. Took okay, his sheet. Took his sheet. What happened with the player? How the player was like him? so upset. He's like, I can't believe you did that. I said, well, you can either roll for a new player or you can leave. So he left. Wow. And it was it was good for the group. Mm -hmm. So the group liked it. I mean, <laughs> so, because okay. he was such a pain. The group liked it because they rolled high dexterity yeah. and they missed the thumb. What would you have done if you rolled up a new character? I would have got again. Or yeah, if, if he played it the same way, yeah, because he he just he was <laughs> the a middle total... figure of God comes <laughs> out. <laughs> now let me let me play devil's advocate for a minute. Did you talk to the player outside of game about his behavior? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. I talked to him beforehand. Mm -hmm. Said, look, you know, you got to stop doing this, and the other players talked to him too. Oh wow! So. Okay. Fair enough. That's yeah. He he had plenty of warnings and and it it was just one of those things where you got tired of the guy and it's like you know what you you gotta quit being this way or else and he took the or else. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I got a story about that from no. my bad player story. I got the same, but I'll go with Cujo because you're quick. I know you haven't had a bad player, so yeah. I mean. I am very fortunate. My players aren't that, and I don't have that sim, uh, similar situation at all. They are very, I would expect them to be greedy, like you said. I mean, like looking for that new magic item. I can't, you know, trying to turn over every leaf and search everybody, and there's got to be something. And they're not doing that. They're really for the story. <laughs> they're really just playing through the Aww. story, and I like it, and it's, and I've, I've had a great time. So, um, I was worried that they were going to be like magic item hungry, or um, at least it hasn't happened yet. Hey, so Kujo, pretty fortunate. So, if you killed your mom's character, would you get grounded? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he coughed. That's not uh, a good sign. Uh, I got the corona coming down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Seth says that it's his fault about that guy Rivers because he yeah. brought the guy to the table. Yeah. No, Seth, it's uh, not your fault. Not at all. You were just looking out for your friend. You were just trying to get your friend involved in what you were doing. Uh, it's not your fault at all. Mom bro. says, "Fun, fun, kill everything." LOL. Wow. I've been I've been pretty lucky too, but I actually played in a campaign. I was with my housemate, and his brother played, and his brother was all, always just an annoying person as is, but he converted to Islam, which. Whatever your opinion about that, it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> I, I don't really care. But all religions are the same. No, there's nothing as fanatic as the newly converted to anything. So we're playing D D. So he wants to play some sort of like Islamic character in the game, um, and it's just totally annoying doing the wrong things. Basically, trying to convert every NPC we come across to his religion, and was basically using this game as like a a Bible study for the rest of us. And it was so, so annoying 
to the point that one of the other players just said either Kevin changes the way he plays his character, play something else, or I'm going to take him outside and have a talk <laughs> talk to him, which basically meant a non-verbal talk. And yeah. it was so it was it was so infuriating. It was just ridiculous. He just kept doing all the dumbest stuff. A portal opened up. We threw him through it, thinking, "Oh, yep, that'll be it." To another plane, and then he just comes walking back up the road. Like it, you try to work with players, but some people just can't be helped, and you, you you're affecting everybody else if you allow them to stay, and you'll end up driving everybody away. So, if I had a group of four or five players and one person was being a dick, I would rather lose them than lose everybody else and be stuck with the idiot. Like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, kind of where we were. So how many? Um, before we jump to you guys, Rivers, how many players did you have in that party? At that time, I th- I think it was about six. Okay, so you could afford to lose one. <laughs> right, right. And sometimes Maybe you have ten. It's like, yeah, thumb of God, thumb of God, thumb of God. <laughs> Man, those thumbs will be coming down. I'm like, yeah, I want to get it down to about five. I might not even give him the option. I'd be like, uh, "Give me your sheet. Get out." <laughs> I have three, three brand new players and three DMs. So I'm oh shoot! Right now. I was drinking. Oh man! <laughs> uh, so I've been thinking about it a lot about how I've handled bad players in the past, and I've had my share, fair share. And that's I know that's crazy because Rivers has been playing since the beginning and he has had like one. I've had like one in every damn game. You know. Oh. It's 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 always someone who in real life and I say real life in the sense that like in their world, their their regular outside of game world, are very um I don't wanna say spoiled because it's just a mean word, but like self centered, self absorbed, you know. It's all about them. They're the showstopper. Yeah. They're the spotlighter. You know, if 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 you know if the rogue finds, you know, a dagger and some jewels, this guy wants to take it at any means. You know, it's that kind of guy. Or why didn't I get that? Or why did the monster attack me first? It was it's that guy. So my my approach generally was at the table, like, hey, we need to take a break so I could talk to this guy. And I would ask everybody to either leave the room, go to, you know, go do whatever, or I would ask him to leave the room with me. And I would pull him aside and say, hey, are we just having a bad day? I mean, what's going on? Did you, you know, did you flush your goldfish down the toilet or something? You know, and there were times where it was like, you know what, I am having a bad day. It's just not working for me today. I was like, all right, well, why don't you just chill? Either chill and, and don't even get involved. We can ghost your character. Or go on ahead, head home. I'll ghost your character. Nothing's gonna happen. You know, he doesn't die. He doesn't. You know, whatever. Um, but I would rather do that than have you here pitching the fit at everybody and making everybody, getting everybody involved in your problem. You know what I'm saying? And it's worked sometimes. But then there's times where, you know, it's like you try thanks to for talk to us, Pat. Say what? Oh, Pat was saying uh, thanks for the information. You all have a good night. All right, Pat. You too. Thanks for stopping by. See you later. Um, and so, you know, there were other times where I'd have that same conversation with someone and this person just loses their shit. You know, they lose their, their temper. They, they, it's not my fault. It's, you know, the bus was late. This is why I was an hour late. Or, you know, uh, you know, I, I didn't get 
my full paycheck this you know what i mean they, they just blurt out these reasons other than themselves for having problems mm. and i just realize okay this is not going to change because i know the person generally i i have they're usually my friends and i know that the person is not going to change their behavior whether i threaten them whether i give them what they want it doesn't matter they're not going to change their behavior so when that happens that's when i'm you know i have to step out and say all right look i don't think this is for you like it's mm -hmm. just not it's not it's not this isn't gonna cut it and it's not for you you might we might need you to step out you see know? and that's that's i i try to do it as politely as possible but sometimes you know when you're in the heat of the moment <clears> you're angry too which is and some hard of because you know i'm sure some of the other players at the table are really good friends with them too mm-hmm because you're doing thing, it, right? you're doing it in house like I do, right? Yeah, and I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes these players, a lot of them, they'll be like, "Yeah, he's he's a dick, man. He's being a dick," but they won't say it. Yeah, they, they won't say any. They'll keep themselves. Like when you're standing there telling the guy, like, "Look, you did this, this, and this," right? And everybody's like, mm, "I don't know, oh, shit, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about," you know. But then when he leaves, they're like, "Yeah, man, he's a dick. That guy, forget that guy." You know, it's like, come on, man, like, you know. That's so I usually leave it upon myself anyway to just pull that person aside and say, Hey, look, man, this ain't for you. This is Me and my players, um, we have one rule because we all work together. Once the session starts, we don't talk about work. Once we're at the table, no work. Well, that's because you could, you guys all work together. That's different. I mean, well, and plus, like, uh, and I don't know, right now, our job is kind of is very stressful too. Because we're so so short understaffed and our schedules is changing and stuff. So it's well, like I mean, yeah, I, I I can understand that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think when I come to the table, my general rule of thumb for conversation is no politics, but no religion, mm. and no no current. Um, what do you call it? Um, I don't have that problem either. Pop cultural <laughs> discussion, yeah. you know, like I don't. I just leave that shit somewhere else, man. We're not here yeah. for that. You know what I'm saying? We're here. We're just here to have to fun. Play a game and have fun and like get rid of all the stress. Forget about all the crap from the day and the week and whatever. I'm here to roll dice, bitches. You know what I'm saying? Like that makes up a good another good point. I don't like because you brought up politics. I don't like to bring up. I don't like to play with a lot of politics in my game. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, even that. like I know there will be like you can have kings and queens in this area and that area, but I don't want I it like to get too heavy. Intrigue. I like political intrigue, but I don't like a heavy politic game. Uh, that's just not that's not D and D to me. If you want to do that, then oh. go play something else. Like that's that's just me. I do like political intrigue, like who killed the king, you know, who who's gonna benefit oh, yeah. from poisoning the king, that kind of stuff. That that's totally cool, but not to the point where my players are filling out W twos and you know LL four four to make sure they get the proper tax returns. And Hey now, guys, let me roll this D20 to see if I get my yeah, tax refund. Yeah. It's a one! <laughs> like, you want to play a political game, go somewhere else, man. That's, yeah. that's, not, that's not for me. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that's don't just like risk. I said. I know that as a DM and learning and growing and learning, because every game session you run with a group of people, you learn from it. You should at least, oh, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I know that on my end, I have been at fault, or not so much at fault, but I have handled things incorrectly you know like i know that like my buddy he he blew up at everybody at the table and i i lost my temper with him and i blew up on him you know and it it, it got you know we were nose to nose and it was just like you know what you're gonna do you're either gonna step away or you're gonna get knocked out you know what i'm saying like that's just the what it's gonna one of us is going to sleep 
You know what I'm saying? Like, Good night, Blue. And that wasn't, that was <laughs> not the right <laughs> You said one of us is going to sleep, and Blue just said goodnight. Good night, Blue. <laughs> night, perfect, perfect timing. Sorry. Go to sleep. Uh, Seth says, uh, uh, I had two players, or let's see here, had two players who wanted to, to get in a physical fight at the table. Mm-hmm. That's happened. Mm. You know who does it all the time, who starts the shit? The rogue. Oh, <laughs> I've never had that problem so far. Knock on wood. I always, I always my only, my only fight was a little. They had an argument with each other, but it got a little hot. But they, these guys are best buddies and are with each other all the all every day, all the time. Yeah. But it is like they're they're playing as far as characters are playing, uh, uh, a wizard turtle, turtle, and a tabaxi um, bard. So. It has nothing to do with their races they chose or classes. It has everything to do with they hang out with each other all day, every day, and they just uh, got on each other's nerves and got kind of got kind of hot. But they weren't gonna fight. But yeah, I, you know, dude, I my best friend, Seth. I'm usually my the road. best friend, hand to God. <laughs> we argue all the fucking time. Me and my best friend, and everybody's like, "Oh, you guys are like a merry old merry couple," and it's ha ha ha. But you know, and because we, we are close, you know what I'm saying? We're with yeah. each other. We were with each other like all the time when we hung out. When I hung out of the house, I was with him. You know what I'm saying? So we get in arguments all the time. You know what I mean? It's just how it was. But like when we played Dungeons and Dragons, it was kind of like, all right, we got to curve that. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want everybody else to start thinking it's cool to just argue with me because they know me like that. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, not not gonna happen. But, but that's just I know I can hand on tethered using a mobile phone in a motel room. Uh, you're good, brother. <laughs> I'm get I'm getting super fucking angry. <laughs> Every time it not, drops out, I'm just like, ah! Do they not have like an Ethernet port in their hotel room? Nah, nah. <laughs> There's no storm. <laughs> Oh, I, I played I, it for her. She was devastated. Oh, I'm sure, man. That would be horrible. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to hear that back. <laughs> that were me. I, Even if that were me, I'd be like, oh my gosh. I'm just used to tuning it out, so I didn't even think yeah. of it. But it was great. <laughs> what, when did that happen? Last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, I honestly thought Zero fell asleep. Shut up. Because I, no, really, because you was like this. You was like. He's closing his eyes. He stood still yeah. for a second. I'm like, he cannot be sleeping. He just talked two seconds ago. (laughs) He is getting really old, man. (laughs) So I think that when players go left instead of right, they're like, all their players are looking at each other like, what do we do? Do we just, do we just leave or (laughs) do we wake him up? I don't know. Quick, start adding stuff to your character sheet. (laughs) Go sneak behind the DM screen. See where we're going next before you wake him up. Take a picture of the map. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are bastards, man. Oh, man. (laughs) I can't wait to uh, play in his game. I just rolled up a new topic. You guys want to touch in on something else. Unless we want to go back to to the last topic, if there's something we didn't cover, I think we covered everything. Uh, yeah, I'm good. All right, Slinger guys. Okay, who's this? I'm usually the rogue. Oh, Saf, Saf, you're the. You know what you did, Saf. I just said that like what you three did. minutes ago. Zero. I I I was looking at. He was a slate. He was a slate. <laughs> um. So, how? What do you guys? I mean. You guys 
uh, Crit and Kuja, you guys are new players, but I guess this is more towards the old school players. What do you guys think? Um, hardcover books or digital books? I'm sorry. At the, ta I'm, at the table. Hardcover for me. Yeah, digital has its perks. Like, it's a lot easier to access and stuff. You know, you can just click on it. Oh, I'm going to see what the uh, rogue does. Oh, here's what the rogue does. Where, like, I got my books tabbed, so I can just go to the section. But I like having the physical copies because what if your tablet dies and your power goes out? Game's over, man. <laughs> oh, no. Light some gotta, candles. Gotta wing it. And let's play. Hmm. I, I like oh, having physical books. Yeah, the power goes out. The, what, what does the rogue do? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I forgot what he does. He does a D4 damage, and he's taking, he's a, he needs a 20 to hit anything. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't have the rules. You got the rules? No, nobody's got the rules. Rogue does nothing I now. have the rules right here, physical I'm going to make him want to roll a new character before, it's, <laughs> before the power comes back on. But if I, don't, if I don't have my books, I still have that character sheet. And that, yeah. hey, roll attack. Tell me, tell me what you hit. <laughs> tell me, tell yeah. me what armor class you hit, and I'll tell you whether you well, hit it or not. What if the character sheet's on uh, like uh, D and D Beyond or so, something like that, and it dies? All right. Oh, they got to have paper back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's never a time where you're not having mm -hmm. a physical character. Sheet. I don't care about the books, but you need a physical character sheet. That's yeah. that's a yeah. My new... my new my new characters that are play, you know, they use D and D Beyond, of course. And they're starting to get good at it, which is good. I, I usually let them come over and let them print off their sheet if they haven't already done it. But they're already coming pre-printed and they're getting little booklets now. I'm like, good. I mean, that's you nice. need to buy your own stuff. Bring it over. Don't let me buy it for you again. You know, because I mean, you know, I'm trying to encourage them to buy their own dice because I you know, always say, you know, I, I have a lot of dice, so I let them have some. And and uh, I'm really waiting, waiting for the day for them to just come over with their own bags of dice. But you know, what you, you know, do, maybe. man, is you start telling them, you know what? You're messing up the luck on my dice rolls, man. Yeah. You, you better be segregated. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. They don't use the DM's dice. <laughs> I think you had that wrong. I have a lot of <laughs> dice. I know what you're saying, though. I mean, but, you know, I think. <laughs> They're not messing point, up my rolls at all. No, I think at one point, though, I mean, you just say that. I'm, I'm not saying you. That's oh, what's yeah, happening. yeah. I'm saying you just. Because at one point, I think I had to say the same thing. I had to be like, look, guys, you guys got to start getting your own dice. Like, dice and, and, and players' handbooks are kind of the must, right? Like, yeah. if you're committed yeah, to the yeah. game, then at least do that. That's the. That's, you know. It's not much. And I mean, how many players blame dice? If you borrow somebody else, oh, these dice are crap. You bring your own dice. You roll your own dice. You I live actually, and die I by them. Had players <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the wall. I've actually had players roll my dice and get a result that they were completely unhappy with. And I'm like, let me try this one. I'm like, what? We get, we get, you know, do overs. Like, oh yeah. no, no, I'll be like, <laughs> I tell them, no, you can roll that dice, but your result stays the same. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, get your stinking hands off my dice! I don't want you like corrupting them and stuff. I'll have to put them in the freezer and smash them with a hammer. When I DM, I'm... do you want me to bring down the thumb of God? <laughs> here, right here. <laughs> you haven't seen <laughs> death yet, buddy. <laughs> you haven't seen evil. I'll be paint some like a smiley face on my thumb, and it's coming down. <laughs> did you did you just roll a one? <laughs> <laughs> Give me that sheet. 
Yeah. So I, I, hey, bring a shredder to the table. I've, ne- oh, I've never, idea. I've never heard of anything like that. That's hilarious. I'm, I mean, that's going to be a joke for a while, Rivers. I'm glad you did that. So, real quick, um, before we continue, I just wanted to um, say that last was it January, right? January was the yeah. first time we did the, the yeah, who won? Dungeoneers challenge. So this is my my um, dice tower for the dice tower challenge. Um, By the way, he lost. I, I guess I did. I mean, out, out of two people who made him, <laughs> I never I, I, I never committed to that. I never got into that. So I just I wanted to point out that this month's challenge has been suggested, um, and it is the dollar store toy Ooh. repurposing challenge. I mean, I guess I don't know if everybody agreed on that or not. I'm just pointing out that uh, fake. Um, uh, Faco Factor has picked up his dollar store toy already to convert. Yeah, the rock. He picked up the rock. So uh, he toy. is already on it. So he's on it. So, I mean, I don't know if we're doing that. I don't know who's doing that. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, let the people know, whoever's still watching. Well, he's disqualified that's... because it's not even next month yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's already got a head start. You are Faco if you're watching. It's done, buddy. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he bought two and he's Canadian already converted retro? the second one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there it is, guys, right there. there oh, is, right no. There. Yeah. Retro, keep it in the package, Thacko. <laughs> keep your pack. Keep keep your He Man in the package. No, it's The Rock. Or The Rock. Yeah, I want a right photo there. of it with tomorrow's paper, March 1st. Yeah. <laughs> No, no starting early. There's no one day advantage. Oh, oh. Hate says zero one. I won. Yeah, zero one. Oh, so it was just you and Thacko? Uh, I think so. And then, well, unless you include Quinn's um, pre-made oh, towers, because he had two that were already made. Yeah, which I mean, ones though? He had the, the the fantasy tower. It was like a round. They were pretty nice. I would yeah. put. To be honest with you. Looking at both towers, I mean, I think Thacko's was great and everything, but he made a a really good functional tower that he's going to love and use all the time. You made a, a terrain piece that can also be used, multi-purpose, it's, and it's and it looks like something else. It doesn't look like a dice tower, you know. Okay. Um, I, I would give the nod to you. Um, just my yeah. take if I have a vote. All right, guys. You know. So. so. Not, winner, not nothing against you, Thacko. Yours is probably a way better dice tower. Hey, hey um, watch it. Watch it. Because you're not going to be knocking your men over into the dice tower, and they're going to be tumbling, and they're all dead now. So just because I tried to roll. So it does work. I have seen it work. It Look, is not easy. This is what my dice tower does. It just holds my little guy up on top. Exactly. So, okay. It, it so, looks cool. It does actually roll dice. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool. It's a uh, unique. Some fails, everyone oh, dies. <laughs> so we should announce the winner for March's challenge on here then too. Yep. Yeah, but who's going to judge? Absolutely. We could even ask the public to judge. I mean, if we wanted to. We, we can take some little poll on something. Yeah. So that means that means uh, hate hate you judge, bud. No, hate's got to participate. Stop. No, no, he, yeah. he's, he's in the audience right no, now. He's yeah, the audience. Well, that's his problem. <laughs> he's part of the engineers. So, all right, so let's get, okay, let's get back on the topic. Digital oh. or physical copies? So you, oh, you yeah. say physical. Um, yep. I'm going to say physical. Now, 
I'll be honest, I have never at my table, I was running 3.5, we never used digital, like we just didn't have it um, available. And then when it did become available, it was just kind of like, eh. it's we're, we're the technology was new, so we were like, it was better off just flipping through the book because we all knew the books by then. Um, so me, for me, physical is the way to go. Even even if we use, if I let people use digital now, I still prefer to have a physical copy at the table. Like I just, it's there. If you know the book, if everybody's got a player's handbook, unless the guy leaves it at my house every week, he's probably taking that book home and pouring over it to find every little thing that could benefit him, right? Like, that's who wouldn't do that? Like, so I keep multiple copies of the PHB, so if the couple of people turn up that don't have one, they can have one. And I think physical character sheets, if there's, like, combat and stuff going on, there's less interference to the game if they've got to quickly adjust their hit points instead of, like, pick up their device, unlock it, you know, go to the thing, enter it, and all that sort of stuff, like... If they're using it for their character sheet in D&D Beyond, and when I ran 5th Ed, there was people using it, but the physical sheet is better. And then when there's, like, downtime, they're having a long rest or someone's talking, they can make those adjustments then. Like, I'm big on, like, not interfering with the flow of the game, especially when it's, like, a high-tension moment or... Right. I just feel like it's better that, like you said, it's it's easier to spot-check everything, too. It's mm. right there. So, I mean, I don't care what the digital copy says. Wow. If your paper copy is in front of you and it says you've got a 10 strength, then you have a 10 strength. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, your your digital copy could be 19s all across the board, but the physical copy. And plus, for me, physical copies stay with me. They, they don't go anywhere. They stay with me. So, like, they don't get to take the copies of the character sheets home. They don't, you know, they don't get to take them into the bathroom with them. It stays with me. So Canadian Retro finishes. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but look at that from that dollar store. Yeah, that's. Well, that is, awesome. is that the dollar store one? Or is sorry, that the... boy. That was next week's no, next month's challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strip that pine off and start again. <laughs> but no, honestly, for as but that would be a great. Life. But that would be a great uh, addition to this challenge. But you know, too bad it was. Well, not just that not too. It's functional. Month. Like he can actually use it yeah. in D D. So that, oh, that's great. That's a plus plus. You know. Yeah, out of dread. Yep. That mm. it's like, look at that detail for another. Who's this guy? Who's Brian? Brian, what does it say? Um, I don't know. Where? Where are we looking? What are we looking at? Oh, just right know. here. Oh, that's Brian. That's oh. my buddy uh, Zenamaru. Oh, hey, what's up? Oh. Hey. <laughs> Hey, what's up? What's up, B? Sorry, I just uh, dropped in. I saw that you guys were talking about D and D stuff before, and I wanted to be a part of the conversation, but I guess you guys already did all that. We—that's all we talk about, bro. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's we, I was just—I'm like, well, oh, a piece I, of candy. I think no, I think Rivers, uh, with you being three point five primarily, uh, you're probably not digital either. Well, actually, we use both at the table. We have some people really? that do all digital because the, there is a nice. Uh, hey, that's it? why I'm asking. Yeah, D, SRD20 mm-hmm. is a is a digital format that also has 5e now too, so and gonna... I carry my DMG, my players, my uh, uh, magic item compendium. Monster and... manual. No, I don't use the monster manual much. I, I use the digital for that, or I print it out at home and then take it with me. 
Mm. And so I, I do have hard copies with me. And it's, it's a lot easier for me to have both. And I have the backups just in case my phone dies like it did last time I gamed. Mm-hmm. My phone died at about 9, 10 o'clock. I was like, crap. So I had my, my books are still there, so I have everything I need. And I'm good at playing off the cuff anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah, I, I allow both. But you definitely have to have a physical character sheet because, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah, got to yeah. have that. It's funny you say that because what I would do is I'd have my laptop behind the Dungeon Master screen with the digital copy of the Monster Manual open to a monster that I'm using. But I'd also have the physical copy of the Monster Manual open with a different monster that I'm still, you know what I mean? Like if I'm using multiple <laughs> monsters, I'll have them both open so that Dude. I can go back and See, forth. See, those cards, that's where those cards would come in handy at. Yeah. So real quick, guys, um, I'm going to introduce my buddy here. Um his name is Brian Martinez. He has uh, several channels, um, Zanamaru, Zanamaru Art. He also works with um, Honey Badger Radio, and he does, um, I want to say, uh, their podcasts or live, no, they're live streams most of the time. Live streams, and, podcasts, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, pre-made videos, yeah. And That's where I've seen you before, because I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting here, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. So also, just a quick bit of history, I've known Brian since we were in diapers. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Stone Age? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So this is the guy that actually was my first dungeon master. Oh, cool. nice! All right, so all right. this is the guy I learned from uh, how to. So master. how was Zero as a player? Did he flip the table? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. Actually, what, to. it was actually a mutual friend from high school that showed us how to play D anD. d And uh, we were both players at first, and then later on, um, we just really wanted to play more. So I think. A friend of mine helped me find the books at a library. They were selling like um, the first edition, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and we got into it from there. So, nice. and I, somebody had a BDM. I was the most agreeable person, so I said, "Sure, I'll do it." And then I ended up doing it all the time. And back and then I could read. For, so. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I was DMing for. I've been DMing for like. Uh, 20 something years 30 years almost yep. yeah since i was 15 so yeah real quick brian just to, to catch you up and i'll i'll give you the opportunity we'll give you the floor just so we can hear your take on it originally we started the conversation with how do you deal with rules lawyers at your table and also how do you deal with difficult players i don't want to say bad anymore because they're not bad they're just difficult how do you deal with people who just are not agreeable and everybody's having a hard time with yeah all right all right okay so rules lawyers um i don't have that much of a problem with them to be honest because i understand as long as they're not using the rules lawyering to like get an edge and essentially like have the advantage and they're they're just doing it because they think that I've overlooked something and I've made a mistake because I do make mistakes because yeah. you know, yeah. I've been playing D&D for a long time. I don't get that hyper focus on the rules. Um, I tend to like want to focus on the fun and like the story and the game and what's happening. Um, so if I get a rules lawyer to st- and I do have I've had them many times. It kind of depends on how much micromanagement they try to get involved with. Like if they try to, if they're just helping me figure something out or if they see that someone's doing something wrong and they correct them, I don't have a problem with it. I think that we should 
be uh, following the rules as closely as possible without like letting it sort of overtake the playing the game itself, right? But when a person, and I haven't had this happen in a game that I've ran, even though I've been in games where this has happened, when the rules lawyer is um, challenging the game master on everything that he does, or because, you know, as a GM, um, it's your prerogative to change the rules if you need to do it. You're, you're the final say at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. So when the rules lawyer fights with the GM or when the rules lawyer is uh, using his knowledge of the rules to give him as many advantages as possible, and so he, like, gets into this play D&D to win mindset, that's when I think they become disruptive and a problem. And yeah. I'll give you an example because I do actually have a player right now that's kind of doing this. So uh -oh. I'm running a D&D game. I actually have a session tomorrow, and one of the people in my D&D game is a new guy who's very new to tabletop gaming, but he's really big into, like, board games and video games and, and games where, you know, like, uh, knowing the mechanics inside and out to get the most advantage is generally not disruptive, right? Like, if you play Magic the Gathering yeah. competitively or if you're, you know, uh, you play, uh, uh, like, you know, video game RPGs or MMOs and you, like, know... The mechanics inside and out and you're using it to get the most advantage it doesn't really hurt anybody that you do that because you're up against a system but when you are sitting at a table to play with other human beings and the goal of DD, and this is something that i i i can't stress enough the goal of DD is not to win at DD. the goal yeah. of DD is to essentially create memories that's how i describe it you play D, &D yeah. to create memories so you basically have moments in your game that were so much fun that you can look back on and say, oh, yeah, I remember that time we did this. And a lot of times the greatest memories, they don't actually have a whole lot to do with the rules. The rules just kind of act as a um, they help that. Right. But they're not like intrinsic. They're not necessary for it to work. So yeah. I have this guy and the way that I run my games is um, it. I, I do an adventure for the players, and then I may decide after, uh, depending on what I want to do, is the story might take them right into another adventure, like depending on how things go, right? Or I may give them some downtime, be like, okay, you guys can spend time doing whatever you want for a few months, right? But I, I make that arbitrary number. I decide on my own, like, before, depending on what modules I want to run, because I don't write them anymore like I used to do that, but I don't have the time for that now. So I just buy everything yeah. and then I just kind of make it work. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like the modules that are written up are pretty good. So I had just run them through um, an adventure against the Red Wizards of Thay. It was really long. The module wasn't the best because it was basically like a, a league adventure that someone adapted to a tabletop adventure. And it doesn't really translate very well, but I'm, I had to make some changes so that it'll work for a small group. And when everything was over, I, this new guy, he was desperate to uh, go and like make magic items. He basically made a gnome wizard and he wanted to go make magic items. And I, um, <clears throat> I finished the adventure and they were asking, I was telling the players, okay, you guys got like uh, three months of downtime and then I'll do the next thing. Cause I had like, I was already cooking up the next adventure, right? which was uh, Against the Giants, which is like one of my favorites. And I like to run it through with, with different groups. And so my player, this new guy, he was 
fighting with me because he told me that we shouldn't get three months of downtime, that it should be longer. And I said, based on what? And, and it basically turned into this big thing where he got kind of involved in D&D through me. Like, he never played it before. And I ran it for him. And he kind of fell in love with it. And so he started looking for games outside of my game because my game is, you know, uh, every other weekend optimistically. Like, sometimes it doesn't happen, but usually it's every other weekend. And I guess that wasn't frequent enough for him. So he ended up joining a league like a, the D&D Adventurers League or one of those league games, like living campaigns, you know? Mm, yeah. And when you play in those, the the tone is very different. So like when you play at a table with your friends, again, the goal of it is to create memories. You're trying to tell a fun story. You want to have your cool characters. You want them to interact. You want to like fight some monsters, get some treasure, earn XP, level up, you know, whatever, right? But when you're playing in a league game, it's different because you, you, you're not playing to role play. You're not playing to be in character. You're playing to win. You're basically trying to win the adventure, get the XP, and then like there's a fixed amount of downtime and you use the gold to make magic items to power you up for the next adventure. And so it plays very, very mechanically. But I didn't know that. So this player was fighting with me about how much downtime he should get. And I was like, well, I'm going to look this up. So I went into my Dungeon Master's Guide and there was nothing concrete. It just said, well, you know, you can do downtime and it's up to you how long that is and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, yeah, unless they changed it. Like, I had to, I had to make sure. But in my mind, it wouldn't make any sense that, that downtime would be some strict mechanic. Yeah. It just sounds stupid, right? But he was insistent. and he there was, Yeah, there doesn't have to have to be any downtime. No. But know, just, that's all up to you, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's like that you allow downtime. Yeah, no, he was positive that there should be a certain yeah. amount of downtime. And I was like, and then he also fought me on that because he believed that the amount of downtime and the amount of gold and the amount of time that you should have to make magic items is part of what balances out the whole game. So he's like, the rules are meant to function and like, you know, work together really well. And I said, um, no, that's not true. Unless D&D has changed. I'm like, look, I've been playing D&D for over 30 years. I knew this is a new system, but if they changed it that much, then D&D is shit. Like, I'm just going to say that. If that's they changed it. No, because rules are just a guideline. Well, yeah, that's true. But like, there is, there are, I mean, he, that this is my problem. And so I guess what we're, what you guys are asking about is a combination of both of these issues, rules lawyering and troubled players, okay? Yeah. My main issue at the center, at the end of the day, and I told him this, I said, um, I understand that you're enthusiastic about playing D&D, so I don't hold you against you personally. Um, and you know the guy I'm talking about, John, is Enrique, he was mm -hmm. the, we played Cyberpunk, and we, I did, I ran a Cyberpunk game, okay? The new Cyberpunk system, and I got John to come out to play the one shot. And Enrique was playing a solo. So I had these pre-made characters. And this guy, I'm sorry, I don't mean to name drop, but he was playing a solo. And the solos are basically like, they're the muscle. They're like the soldiers, right? They're the, they're the badasses of Cyberpunk. The tanks. Yeah, well, they're, they're everything. Like, they're just okay. the badasses, right? When it comes to fighting, those are the guys. They're Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically mercenary killers right yeah so, like john wick man they're john wick. yeah like they're john wick dudes. yeah they're just badass dudes and this dude was because he's so cautious when he plays he's so he's so um 
he plays it like it's like he's playing a video game or a tactical RPG where he's trying to do everything in his power to minimize any negative consequences while maximizing his effectiveness. And I get that players want to do that to some extent, but the problem is is that he he because as a result of that, his character is non-existent. Like there is no character there. There's just you know complete like just stats, right? It's just numbers. And I remember in that Cyberpunk game, he got hit once, took one damage, and he was, like, just so upset over it. And, like, other people were, like, you know, with their guts hanging out from the gunfight and everything. And this isn't even his character. These were prefabs that I gave out. It's not like he spent any time rolling this guy up and, you know, getting invested. So wow, we have a player who's new to the game, who never wants to be in any danger, who is a rules lawyer who believes that I even asked the players, like, what is it about D&D that you guys enjoy? And I remember his answer was essentially making builds, getting magic items and testing out the builds in combat to see how well they do. And I was like, I mean, yeah, sure. If you're, but again, you're treating this like a video game. So what I think is, is it's a matter of compatibility, right? If the whole party and the game master play their game like that, where they're like, we just want to level up and, and test out builds and fight monsters and get XP, then you're probably going to fit just fine. But if the players are more interested in maybe like a little bit of that, but also they want to try out different character personalities, they want to do exciting adventures, they want to you know, uh, engage in tremendous risks, like they want to have the, the Lord of the Rings experience, then that's just not a good fit for that because... The, the the guy who's thinking of this as like this mechanical exercise is just not going to enjoy himself as much. So it doesn't. It's not just a problem for um, the the rest of the party that there's this rules lawyer and troubling player, but it's also a problem for that player because I at the end of the day I had other guys in my party complaining to me. They were like, "Well, this guy's no fun to play with," and I said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do." And I just said to everybody, "I said, what is it that you like about playing D and D?" and we got all everybody's answers, and then I told them, I said, I know that this guy at the table wants to maximize every strategic advantage to milk everything for what it's worth, but what you guys should do is just be in character no matter what. So if you, so if your guy, like if, like if there's like something that's obviously dangerous in the next room, and the wizard, this guy who's like a min-maxing rules lawyer, is like, we shouldn't go in there. Instead, we should like, and then set up this elaborate thing so he can blow up the room without ever taking any damage. And you guys have to play along with his plan. Just don't do that. Just be the barbarian, kick the door down, and start some shit. And he'll just have to adapt. And that's what they did. I said, there you go. Don't, don't compromise, because that's another side of it too, right? Is that when you have a person at the table that isn't like um, really like like they're making trouble for everybody else, but they're but they're everybody else is trying to be considerate, and so they don't they don't say anything, and they kind of bite their tongue or whatever. I, I say, well, don't do that because it's going to make you Brian, upset. Brian, one yeah. second. Yes, Eric, we were playing Cyberpunk Red. It's actually pretty cool. It's a really good um, advancement from what cyberpunk was in my opinion for the one session that i played it felt like they did the proper updates for the game they didn't just you know uh like you know bog it down with new stats and new stuff they actually made it comparable and made it 
uh, more streamlined, but not mm -hmm. oversimplified. So yeah, it yeah. was it was actually a good game. And no, also, yeah, it's much better. Um, Saver die says, "What's up, dog? What's up, Brian?" He he's just saying, "Hey, what's, what's up? up?" You know. Okay, go ahead. All right, I'm sorry. No, no. So yeah, Cyberpunk Red. I got the box set. It's quite awesome. Um, I really like the Cyberpunk setting, so I'm hoping. I think the new books are supposed to be coming out you know uh, later this Cyberpunk year. Is? What? Not enough miniatures. Oh, I know, I know. Almost non-existent, right? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would just say, I just say. No, I hear I'm you. I hear you. 3D printer, print them up. No, no, no. It's not that they don't have any available. It just, it's just not in the game. It's not a formula for the starters. No, no. It's not. I mean, like you can play it with miniatures. Like they clearly have a setup to where that's a thing you can do. Shadowrun. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Shadowrun. Shadow Never heard of it. Well, Shadowrun is badass. It is old. I haven't played it like since the old days, I guess. But it was such a cool game. I I, place. I I played it. It had its place. I don't think it was any well, better or worse than Cyberpunk. I just think it was what it was. Um, I don't know. I felt like once I left D and D, and I jumped in a new a, a sci-fi game, I was like, ah, I still I'm still seeing orcs and I'm still seeing magic and yeah. I'm still seeing dwarves. Yeah. I'm like ah, you know. Yeah, what I, mean? so I, I think it was might at the time that I played it. It was just bad mm -hmm. timing. My whole point in getting into Cyberpunk, which was the game I played right after D&D, was I wanted something that was the opposite of D&D. Right. So I basically abandoned... I, I, I thought the Shadowrun was like half-assing it, so I just went to Cyberpunk. Although I, I did try to play Shadowrun a couple times, but it seems like every experience I had was really bad, but I don't blame Shadowrun for that. I blame bad game masters um, for that. So going back to what I was saying, I think that... The solutions to these tr these problematic players is you got to establish up front. You got to have like a session zero where you establish up front what is the tone of the game going to be, what are people's expectations, what are they hoping to get out of it, and make sure the players know about it. When rules lawyering comes up, if what they say is useful and it's not disruptive, I I'm usually grateful and I say thanks for pointing that out. I didn't know that. If we're like in the middle of something and someone brings up a thing, I usually ignore that let this let the encounter go because you want to slow things down and then just say okay from now on we're going to remember this rule that we ignored because it, it's not like it break you know like the, the, the this guy had this belief that the rules are they work like some kind of you know airtight like program it doesn't work block. like that yeah like see. if you just throw one thing off then like people just start dying and like you know that <laughs> you know it's not it's not like that like really it's it, you're, you play fast and loose with it um, and the, the fact is that, like, as a GM, there's a certain tone and expectation that I'd like out of a D&D game, but after playing for, like, as long as I have, I know now that the, to get a, a group that's going to, like, line up with that vision, it's just really, really rare, and people are just going to have different goals. Like, they just have different things they want. Um, as far as, yeah, as far as, like, the, the, the disruptive player goes, uh, if it... I say to the other players, don't let this guy compromise your style, no matter what. Be in character, keep playing, and if the, the, the player will either adapt, because look, it's just one person. It's one against five, right? Or four, yeah. or whatever. The other four are gonna like, if they stick to the plan, then that guy's gotta either adapt, or he's gonna like not work out. And then, you know, you just gotta deal with that. So like- So how do you deal with that, B? How do you, how do you ask, have you, I don't recall 
But have ever having to kick somebody out? Yeah, like have you ever had to do that? Like no, I've had I've had to talk to people. I mean, I know I've games to talk ended. To people about I know it. our games ended yeah. because yeah. so and so was like he got pissed off and he just disappeared or whatever, and then the game slowed down or whatever. Life. Yeah, yeah. But I don't ever recall you having to say, "Hey, I think it's not working out for you" or whatever. So how do you do that? No, I've never done that before. Um, but like generally, it's because it hasn't been so serious that I've had to do that. Right. So what I what I try to do is I, I take another approach. So like, like the reason why I ran that one shot cyberpunk game was because I wanted this guy who was new to D&D. You know, again, he's coming at this new thing with like this video game mindset. And he's just trying to like apply that to tabletop gaming. Yeah. Or this board game mindset. Like he plays a lot of board games and you know, he has that same like crush crush mentality. So and actually one of the criticism I have about D D in general is that it kind of to some extent it encourages that because most other role-playing games don't actually do that. They tend to be more thematic, they tend to be a little bit looser with the rules, they tend to encourage people to be creative. Uh, D&D has a pretty strict way in which everything functions. So he's a wizard. He knows exactly what all of his ranges are, how big the spells are, what abilities are going to... And so, like, he kind of... It invites mechanical thinking, and he brings that to the table. But he doesn't add much in the... No, I'm sorry. Let me let me clarify. He adds no color at all. So when his character acts, it's just a series of mechanical actions. So what I do is I encourage the other players to compensate for that, be descriptive, be colorful, because that's what we're trying to do. You know, have a lot of fun with it. And maybe he'll see that the way he's doing things is probably not going to give him the most fulfilling experience. And so I also try to run other one shots. Like I'm gonna do another one. Currently the players are, are going through the Against the Giants trilogy, which is um, three parts. You go against Hill Giants and then Frost Giants and then Fire Giants, because they're about level 11. So when the Hill Giants is over, I'm going to ru run another one-shot of a game called Mothership, which is sort of like a science fiction horror game. I've heard and, of that one. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. And, uh, yeah, if you want to try it out. Yeah, and so, yeah, like, hello. the point the, the point is basically like Event Horizon. The yeah, role, buddy. You know, so. If you guys haven't seen Event Horizon. Cheers. <laughs> Gadget. <laughs> it can be Event Horizon or Alien or a Annihilation or whatever. But, like, any sort of cosmic horror um, science fiction game. So and Eric, real, real quick, Eric says yeah, that he yeah. did pick up the Jumpstart set. I'm, I'm assuming that's for Cyberpunk. And he also says that Infinity miniatures work really well for Cyberpunk. Yes, Eric, you're, they are. That's exactly what Infinity is, is basically Cyberpunk. But and I, I'm, I'm only throwing this out as a, as a simple. The Infinity line right now is all pewter. And it's all multi-piece pewter models. I actually have some still sitting in baggage. How do you put them together? Because they're pretty glue. Well, listen, I'm, Super a, glue. I'm, a, I'm an experienced okay. model builder. I mean, I've been building models before I could read. So I'm telling you, as far as miniatures go, they are very complex to put together. You know, so they're great miniatures. They look beautiful when they're done, but they, you know, you've got to be prepared. Yeah, I've looked at them. you got to have some skills when it comes to working with pewter, super glue, pin vising because they're complex models. So they are good, like, like you said. And Hate says that um, he likes the way that they integrated magic into Shadowrun. He also quoted up top, Shadowrun, Shadowrun, because he's <laughs> freaking a Shadowrun freak. He loves Shadowrun. So, okay. so okay. Brian, question. Okay, so on the uh, other subject we was on, do you prefer 
physical copies or digital copies of, of your stuff? Of, of handbooks and- I like the physical and... copies. I do have digital copies, but um, the problem, I guess the problem with with digital copies is like I, I have to have a laptop handy, it takes up space. Also, I have a tablet, but it's kind of slow. And like, you know, I'm trying to find the thing. With a physical copy of the book, I basically just put some bookmarks in there and I can like go what I need like right away. I prefer the physical copies of things. I actually just I, got... Oh, I go still ahead. Have yet to, I, I still have yet to answer this question, but after you, Brian. <laughs> oh, um, oh, so we know what they, you like. You I, like I, the Dwarven Forge. I was no. just going to say that um, I, I just got I'll a book in the guy. I just got a book in the mail for uh, another I'm game I, I'm dying to like demo for people. It's mm -hmm. called uh, Hollow Earth Expedition. Dude, I've been wanting to freaking play this game forever. Yeah, I have mm -hmm. it. I have the main book. I, I, I'll tell you. Uh, you guys should look it up. It's actually no, really Hollow cool Earth Expedition game. is awesome. So like I ran it. I ran a demo of it once. Years ago, when I went to Gen Con, it was the last, maybe the last time I went to Gen Con was a long time ago. And I remember it was so much fun. There was this guy at my table named Sean, who's a friend of mine. And Sean had never played at a table with me before. I knew him. We played board games together because I was like good friends with his wife at the time, um, who I'd known for much longer. And he sat down with me to play Hollow Earth Expedition, and we had so much fun that he was literally crying tears of joy and hugging me because it was so good. And and basically what it is is Hollow Earth Expedition is basically like a pulp role-playing game that takes place in the 1930s, and the idea is it's like exploring the Earth, and, like, there's, like, dinosaurs and, you know, think, yeah, Spinner of the Earth and, and there's Nazis, and think of, like, any... Yeah, um, Journey and, to the Center of the Earth. Yeah, exactly. journey. To the, it's because, yeah, it's that. It's Journey to the Center of the Earth. It's the Mummy. It's Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. It's like that kind of stuff. And it encourages creative gameplay. It encourages uh, people who improvise, who take risks, who try fun things. Oh, really? and, that's, and that's what I like. I like that in my role RPGs. I like those. Uh, and the system is really simple, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it's, like, fast-paced. It's, like, there's chases. And there's like there fun go. action and all that. It's just a really good time. So I just got in the mail a book of adventures for Hollow Earth Expedition. And I'm excited to try it out because I think that um, it would it would further sort of drive home the thing that I want to communicate to players like this guy who I'm talking about who's only played D&D. &D. And I think that D&D is definitely a good a gateway to get into RPGs. And I wouldn't play anything else for fantasy but D&D. If I wanted fantasy, I'm only going to play D&D. That's just where my brain is at. I know that there's other fantasy games out there. Some of them may even do it better. But when it comes to just like Lord of the Rings style sword and sorcery, it's always going to be D&D for me. But when it comes to other genres, I think that D&D um, is a good like gateway drug to get people into tabletop gaming. So, Okay. Uh, Cujo? Well, I'm going to start off with saying I love hard books, too. I actually actually yeah. love turning pages, yeah. but they end up collecting dust on my shelves. Mm. When I'm playing an adventure, if I'm using a module, I'll have that module in front of me. But I will have my tablet on D&D Beyond. I have pre-made all the uh, a bunch of encounters that I know that they'll probably come up against. I can make a bunch of random encounters already pre-made. And now they just released, 
to subscribers like myself. Um, the ability to track all your hit points to all those creatures, and it, it's you know so you're not having to use. I usually have a scratch pad where I'm keeping track of my hit points and. I'm looking at, you know, I got monster cards here. I got my tablet. I got my book. And it's like it's getting better and more streamlined. And now they're starting to, they're going to be releasing where you can roll dice. You know, I'm not for that. I'm not really a digital dice guy, of course. But There's a Chrome extension for that for D&D Beyond. I think with my players, I'd love them to have a big tablet. I don't prefer the phones. Uh, they're really small, so the character sheets on their phones, is, it's not really that good. Um, it's doable if that's all you got and they really want to do it. You can really um, quickly keep track of your spell slots. You can you hit a button and it says, okay, boom, I used one, a, a level one. I, I used a level two. I know you can do that with paper, but it's like you can easily take a short rest and bang, you know, or a long rest and everything resets automatically. Um, it's really cool. Uh, I do rec not recommend they have paper sheets in front of them and they use them actually a lot um if they have a tablet or something larger where they can read it easily and get more information in front of them uh they do that too but they have their paper characters but for me as a dm uh dnd beyond is getting better and better i mean i watch all their updates i see everything that they're working on they take they take uh dm and player advice on what the, what to work on next they're trying to get player character sheets on their um uh app so that you don't have to actually go on to a, a website, which is going to be great. Everybody's been really like every single stream they do, which they stream like every couple days, at least every, you know, definitely every week, is when is the player character sheet going to come out on an app? When is it, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I'd say I love digital. It's got, I, I love it. I've got everything I ever made for 5th edition, and I love everything they got, uh, all the tools they have for DMs, and they're getting better and better. They're listening to DMs out there. They're making it better. And I love the books, though. I have the limited edition books. I love turning pages. I'll just sit on my – I don't use it at the game that much. I'll sit and look through Volo's Guide and hey, just Cubs. look through it and read it. And I, I just like turning the pages, the physical pages, and just reading, and, and that's like my leisure time. But so, I have the, the adventure sitting in front of me, but half the time I can I can be in the adventure on my tablet and then go, man, uh, what, what, what's that? And I can hit a word, and it takes me right to where I wanted to go, and I've got everything, uh, a spell. I can, if, if I'm in a crunch, you just hit search, this spell, bam. There's no rules, lawyers, because I can get the rule in five seconds. So the know, one thing I, I mean, don't like about, real, real quick, um, uh, Ryojin, uh, Eric says that um, he likes both pretty much the same. He loves physical copies at the table, but that he actually likes to use the digital copies, especially when he's not at home, when he's at work, he can actually research things at work through the digital copies and you, you've got like every mm -hmm. book at your disposal. It makes sense. Yeah, I, um, I read at work too. Sa Saver Dice says uh, physical copies don't lag, which is true. Ryojin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rivers is pretty much saying the same thing. He uses his phone pretty much to do research when he's not at his physical copies. And um, Jeff, I don't know who Jeff is, but that's he says, my cousin. Okay, he says uh, finally got reconnected. So, so okay, board Jeff. <laughs> his okay. Here's my problem with the uh, digital copies. Mm -hmm. If you got the physical copies, why should you have to pay more uh, again to get the digital copies? Hey, bud, yeah, listen, listen. Hey. Let me let me let me tell you something real quick. Okay, every. Every army book I buy for Warhammer 40k to have a physical copy, they sell the digital copy for half the cost. 
Mm-hmm. Now, that's just the way it is, man. Well, that's how they do it on DZ. Somebody for still does the work. Bucks. Somebody but, still does the work to make that copy. Ju- yeah, just, just, yeah, just to finish, and that brings mm-hmm. up a good point, Critical. That's what I wanted to finish with. The books are expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And But once you buy them, you've got them, and they're in front of you, and you, they're never going to go away. You've got all that... Uh, uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. You get all that 3.5 for Rivers, and, and you you have a shit ton of books, and they're all there. They're never going to go away. And I, I totally understand that. But with digital copies, you can get them half as pr- half the price if you don't get the hard copies. I got everything on digital. I don't have everything on hard book. Right. But so you can get into it cheaper on digital. Yeah, but why it is we why it is different is too. We yeah. talked about that in getting started in Dungeons and Dragons. You know, there's no reason. I mean, here's the thing. We want to run out and get the books, right? Like, we want to run out and get it and have it and smell it and go through the pages. We oh, yeah, that. yeah, that's, yeah. That's what everybody wants to do. It sounds yeah. silly, but it's the truth, right? But in yep. all reality, to play the game, you do not need to do that. You don't need to spend $40 on a book. You can go and get a digital copy for and, half. And just so I don't, I don't. If you're creative enough, there's websites that have them for free. And I'm I don't not know. It, that. I'm just saying. I don't know if it's Brian played, you know, you play fifth, of course, and probably all the other editions too. But um, with with that, if you have the, everything that I buy as a DM, my players have access to. When they're making a cra- uh, character on D&D Beyond, they'll have every single thing I have. Everything I let them have, I can turn off things that they can't have. But it's like a smorgasbord, and they can make six characters for free. They don't have to have an account. They don't have to have a, 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 a membership. So the play, it's the DM that has to take all the cost. So yeah. I buy all the books, and I let my players pick anything they want. They can make up to six characters max, so they can just kill a character off and then make a new character. Do you and, play, uh, um, I'm sorry, do you play in, in real, like in person with your players? Or yes. is it all online? Okay, okay. All in person. I got so, two yeah. groups that I play all in person. Yeah, I play in person too. What are you gonna do when they shut the site down on all the digital stuff? Well, well that's why I'm. That, that's why the backup is gonna be the books. <laughs> okay. So, so like this isn't. You're not actually paying to get the file itself. You're getting to. You're paying to like. It. It's kind of like. Well, a I'll tell you this: that their app, their, I don't know about their website. And as far as you know, everybody asks that. Like, what if and it shuts down? Mm-hmm. And there hasn't really been a history of like, hey, that website's just gone now. They're just totally gone. But. I don't know what they would have to do if they would let you get STS, uh, ST files and you'd be able to download everything. I don't know how that would work because they have a programs. Obviously, there wouldn't be any more updates. There wouldn't be you know any more of that kind of stuff. They, you know, they're not they wouldn't be paying anybody to work on anything else. It would just be probably what it is, is my guess. But at the in the end too, there's an app, and then whatever's already on that app, you have access to. So I can access all the books on the app. There's just there's just not all the um, mechanical things on the app as you do on the website. So that is always the scary thing. That that is what people always say when they talk about digital stuff. And you know, what happens if they just turn it off? Um, it's that prof- fourth edition. They just did that, you know, because it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I didn't want to say that. Uh, everyone was waiting for them like, to turn that yeah. off. Like, it's like I'm I'm. That's one thing that I guess I'm envious of as far as D&D Beyond is that integration between all the products that you're saying. You can look at one thing and jump across to the other. 
mm. and and cross and zip across books like I guess I've got like a stupid amount of books compared to most people. <laughs> oh no. I suppose, but... <laughs> no, I don't think so, you know. You think you do so you meet that guy that has more and you're like, "Oh, yeah, oh I'm yeah." Not so like, bad. I've got you know, three, 300 and something like AD&D books and I'm not even close to having everything that they, <laughs> that they made. Like, I've got most of the core stuff and things get reprinted, mm. magic items get reprinted, but then there's editors, they revise it and at least with that digital stuff, you know, they correct. It's always updated. Yeah, yeah all the errata, so, all the errata is always updated. That is it's what's like, nice yeah, if they make something new, they update the basic rules. You don't gotta, you know, you don't gotta worry about if you've got the basic rule set. Well, when did you buy those books? Well, I bought them like two years ago. I bought them in the first year. Well, this oh, is yeah. this is year five. They've already updated all the rules for that. But what did they update? Well, you can download those for free, and you know, then you can have some pages in front of you. And I think that's the- awesome for like one is the DM's toolkit, so all the resources in one place, but. If you if you've started a new group of players, and you are committed to the game and you're going to keep playing, well, then one person can buy one book, another person can buy another book, and like yeah. have it all on there, and everyone's got access to it. Then so, yeah, it's oh you yeah, can, in a cheaper fashion, get a lot more material for the collective group to, right. to yeah, use you get, especially if you got family. Family and tight friends, you can definitely yeah. do that. Yeah. What about you, Rivers? What do you prefer? I prefer both, actually. I, like I said, I, I use my phone at work to uh, to look stuff up mm-hmm. on the uh, on the art. What is it? SRD twenty, and then I use my books at home, and I use the computer to print stuff out for monsters. So mm-hmm. I like them both. But okay. yeah. hey, I'm gonna get running here, guys. So it's been great chatting with you. Rivers, thank yeah, you Rivers, so thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming on, man. Well, yeah, thanks I, for having me. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. And y'all have a All good right, game. Wait, 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 wait right, real bud. quick, Rivers. Um, <laughs> you want to take this? T- take the opportunity to plug your channel, and also if you're you've got anything coming up for your channel, let let everybody know now. Yeah, I got uh, I got a video just released today. It's uh, Rivers RPG channel, and I uh, right now I'm. I'm in a phase of collecting miniatures from uh, D&D, so nice I, got a, I got a bunch of minis, and uh, I got another video I'm probably going to drop tomorrow or Sunday on more minis that I that I picked up. So Awesome, awesome, but, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, and if you guys that are watching, if you guys want to uh, chat with Rivers uh, more, he's definitely on the Tabletop Dungeoneers Discord. Um, pretty much the links not all the time, but he's there. Well. You can definitely find him there in the Tabletop Dungeoneers. Thanks, yep. River. Thanks, Thanks River. River. Thanks, dude. So, uh, Jeff says Cheer. he likes the. Uh, Jeff says he likes digital better because he can put uh, put it all in his pocket. Sure, absolutely, man. Yeah, you I don't understand. I could be I could be at work and I'm like, man, I got a, I got a session coming up. I'm doing too much of that. Annihilation. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I got to prepare a little bit. I've got to read. I guess I, I can just scroll through the pages and read a little bit, read a little bit. And I'm at work. I mean, I'm not going to take my books to work. I mean, number one, I work in the South, and uh, guys in the South aren't very uh, D&D friendly. Board game friendly, D&D <laughs> friendly. I mean, basically, you need to fish, hunt, 
have a Gator, big no. have, have a big have a big truck. And I, there's uh, nothing about that. I love big trucks. Yeah, I, I, think I don't I don't I don't way. hunt. I don't way. hunt, but you know, they just they would not take uh, too lightly to um, dungeon. You know, I got well, I mean, D and D books under my sleeve. What you're saying is it allows your discretion basically, and that's oh yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. a value. I could I could see the value in that. I mean, I've listen. In building Before story, I even bought these books, these yeah, core books, I had all three core books digitally for over two years. Sorry. You know, I just, I really never really delved into it. Every once in a while, I'd look at it on my phone and, okay, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, and I got them free. I just, one of my buddies gave me a link. I downloaded them, and there, there mm -hmm. they were. Um, but I still wanted the physical copies for myself, for yeah. my table for the actual event when i'm running the game and I'm, okay here's a player's handbook take a look real quick i'll get my rules lawyer and say hey man look up this rule real quick so we don't sit on this for like 20 minutes you know what i mean we're just gonna burn through it and figure it out if we can i'll make a decision and that'll be that until the end of the game you know <laughs> i mean look at me i had the core rule books i went out and got the limited edition core rule books <laughs> I, I don't even use the books period <laughs> I mean, but now I yeah, get the limited cord. Now it's like I got these really fancy books. I'm just like, God, these are so awesome. You know, Send them but, my way, please. And I'm like, I don't even want to look at them now. And now I want to give the – I got the other ones boxed up, still ready to go to Blue. I got to ship them off. I'm like, I want to I stick some more stuff in there. I told Blue. I said, I got to get it heavier or something. I got to – I mean, I got to make this worthwhile. If it's going to cost me like 60-some dollars to get it to you, I got oh, to put some, I gotta, I gotta put some more stuff in there because there's no way I'm just going to I want to give you these books for free but it's going to cost me over $60 to get them to you so I'm like yeah. I'm trying to throw some more stuff in there. Yeah, you definitely I mean you could print out maps, you know, for him or whatever, you Something. Know, I got I'm something, just yeah. I, I told I said, him I said I just, it's um, still coming. It's still in the box right over there. I can see it. So The guy who uh won my um subscriber giveaway my 200 my 200 subscriber giveaway, he just got the package today. And he was shocked because I threw a whole copy of the player's handbook in there for him, <laughs> as well as that dragon drawing, you know, yeah. I did the other day. I threw that in there, too, because I was like, I, I'm sending this box. I don't want to just send him the box. Yep. You know what I mean? But he was happy. I mean, he he's not a big D&D player. He's more 40K and, and War Machine, but he's actually going to look into playing D&D now. So, hey, score one for the good guys, right? Can I can I ask you guys a question? Because I have a challenging question. Thank Go you. for it. Well, Bring kind it. of. So I'm running this against the Giants adventure. I actually got someone to print me custom-made miniatures to represent the players in my group. Mm -hmm. So we are using minis. And I've, I've like talked with John and like some other people about loaning me some Giants miniatures. I've ordered some online. And look, they're not that many available, and they're really expensive. Um, and I don't want to buy a whole shit ton of Giants to use them for like an adventure and then put them on the shelf. But... That as an aside, here's my problem. The actual dungeons in this adventure, they're fucking huge. Like mm. they're humongous maps. The rooms are big as fuck. And I have, um, I'm sorry, is it okay that I'm cursing? Oh, yeah. That's okay. why it's called D&D &D After Dark. Okay. <laughs> the, the We're going to change the name to D&D &D After Fucking Dark. Dark. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hashtag not safe for kids. Okay. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Here we go. Gotta make, gotta make hashtag not for kids. Are you just saying that now because your mom's not on here anymore? Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, she watches Critical Role. They fucking draw dicks on shit and penises and stuff. And like she's Brian. like she gets into it. She loves it. Brian, what? I'm waiting for you to come. Have lunch with yeah, I, 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 I don't need those just yet, but thank you. I, I will get them. 
So, but here's my, but this is my problem. I have, I, my, I have a dining room table. It's a dining room table that sits about six people comfortably, right? Okay. Um, if you, if you like work at it, you can probably squeeze in two more, but that makes things uncomfortable. So it's not huge, but I don't have a lot of table space for the size of these maps that I need to use no. for the combats. So what I'm wondering about is if there are any alternative solutions. Now, there's one thing I did see that there was like a um, there, there was a um, I've been using the uh, wet erase mats. I have a bunch of those, right? Yeah, and, and those are fine. But it's, uh, the problem is the dungeons are just so damn big because they're made for giants. So the the actual map itself is big. I, have a, I what, might have a solution. Hang on. It might, might. I don't know. Hang on. What second. kind of surface area are you talking about that would be playable for the board? Like three by Hello, three? Hello, compliant. <laughs> no, it's bigger, it's bigger than that. It's probably like a three No, by like, like, like the playable board area for like your miniatures. Like, oh, you know, do you, I know it'd be a bigger yeah. table maybe. Like I've got, got like a six foot table. And, and everybody's character sheets and dice and all that. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And my screen. Yeah, you're probably looking at a three by three if that. Okay. That's not um, that's that's so, doable. What yeah. I do, but you got to do it in you got to do it in sections. You got to really just. So here's yeah. what I found. You can't lay out a whole map. You're gonna right. have to get Can used you just to do like, like a whole map on one sheet as a scaled out version, and you can just use something small oh, yeah, sure, to indicate sure. player location, yeah, and then yeah. when combat comes in, then bring in the then second map the where it's more zero. Because when it when it gets in the yeah when it gets in the combat, that's when I like to try to bring out okay. You're in combat right now, and this is the area. If you mm -hmm. step out of that area, I'm going to assume that you're trying to run away from the combat. Yep. So here's here's the combat space. Boom, three by three yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So here's, and all here's your obstacles that are there, all your corridors. Brian, I found this at like Office Depot. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like 20, 20, 20 bucks or something like that. You can't see it, but it actually has blue grid on here. Mm -hmm. like graph paper and it's one inch squares okay mm. so it's a perfect size for dungeons and dragons and it comes with a bunch of sheets so you draw your rooms that you know yeah. you're going to have combat in yeah yeah just yeah. the rooms and then you can either cut them out or you could leave them on the page if you want to and then you can make mm -hmm. hallways with the existing the rest of the pieces because everything mm -hmm. is pretty much squared so you can use yeah. the, le the leftover sections for hallways or whatever. Yeah. The thing is to control the combat area, right? So you want to keep it to where, like, if they're in a giant hall, like the mm -hmm. dining hall, right, which is a quintessential giant combat situation. Yeah. You're in the dining hall. You make your dining hall. You draw it out. I mean, it's going to take work on the DM's part because you have to doodle it out and whatever. It's fine. But you actually have it. You can actually pull it out just that area. Yeah, you gotta you gotta limit it down. That area, you know, you either use well this hallway that you came from, which could be an exit, is now being charged in by giants. They're they're trying yeah. to get through a door that was locked or whatever. However, yeah. you see fit. If you want to add the hallway, you can mm -hmm. via this method. Now, the cool thing, the reason I bought this was because I got tired of running dragon encounters or flying monster encounters on tiny, 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 tiny little maps where the monster could not utilize its flying. Mm -hmm. so you could literally, you could literally string two or three of these together and have a giant map. Again, yeah, you know, yeah, you have to draw it. Yeah, but it's it's one of those curses that we have as DM. I, right? Like, if you know, you know it's funny you say this because I, you know, I use Dwarven Forge. Obviously, if, you, if you've seen some of my videos, mm -hmm. and I don't like to. I used to when you first start getting into it, you're like, 
I've got all this stuff. I got to, I got, you know, here's the map layout. I'm going to try to reenact the whole map, and and you know, it's going to take up my whole table, and, how, and I'm going to have to try to cover up certain areas. And I don't like doing that. I'm like, okay, I know where the encounters are going to be at. This is going to be a minor encounter. I'm going to role play that one out. Um, this is the major encounter. Okay, I'm going to build that out out of the room, and then you know, and I've got these terrain trays that are basically like just a, a little a tray that you can build a little room out of 12 by 12 and bring it out into when they, you know, Hey, you've been, you've came into that room. I can bring that out or I can bring a couple of them if you wanted to make a, a bigger area, but make oh, the sure. encounter really special role play to that next encounter. Um, and not go down this hall and that corridor and actually have a map. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to draw it out, like he's doing, you want to draw it out on your white uh, dry erase board. That's great. You can do that mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Draw out the you know the getting there. If you want to really go the hey moving 35 feet and you're moving 35 feet and you're doing that, and then when the big encounter comes, it's like okay take that dry erase board away and we're gonna put like this big encounter on here. That was my big thing, right? Like I had the dry erase board or the wet erase, whatever it was. It's the yeah, yeah. map, right? And I had a huge one. You know, it was like three feet by two and a half feet. Or so. It was pretty. It was the biggest one you could get from Chessex, and I loved it, right? Because you three marker, you draw whatever you want, right? But I realize I'm like I'm standing up every five minutes, yeah, drawing something new. Now that's I what I'm doing now. Yeah, I yeah. Don't do that now. no more. Then I got to come back and redraw because they went through that encounter super fast, right? And then okay, mm -hmm. and then I do this, and, or, or then I start to get to the point where it's like I get tired. I'm like, all right, Joe, can you please clean the map for me? Or Rob, can you please clean the map for me? You know what I'm saying? And then you know you, you get into that kind of thing. Yep. And everybody, oh, I got to clean the map. And then you say, all right. You 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 op you come into this open corridor. The sunlight hits your face, but before you can you know you clear your vision, you see a party of orcs standing before you. What are you guys gonna do? Wait before you do it. Let me spend half an hour drawing this map. Yeah. No. You, you know um, what I'm saying? Me, so let me tell you what I do with a <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Map. Well, this is what I do right now for this particular adventure. Typically. Um, with other ones that I've run before, my, I have lots of maps like like uh, the wet erase mats, mm -hmm. and some of them are really big, like really big ones. But uh, some of them are so big that they don't really fit on the table uh, with everybody's shit. That's the, the the largest one I have. It's just big enough. But what I do now is with this adventure I'm currently still running, the studying of the Hill Giant Chief, is I draw. All of the well, what I did at first was I drew all of the rooms in different mats. So I had like the west wing, the the east wing, and the center. And then I assume there's no way the player is going to make it far north enough to where we're going to see that this week. But I'm prepared for whatever decisions they may make because I have the maps. And then when they do that, I'll just bring out the appropriate mats for that uh, action. But then I moved away from that because. Um, it was like creating a lot of work and yeah. I think that and the players didn't get that far anyway And then I thought well, here's what I'll do is I'll only draw out the rooms because I have multiple mats that there there will be encounters in right. the and then yes. I draw like the actual map like that they're that they've completed because the thing about these old first edition AD&D maps is that they were um, They're very maze like like the area. Yes. Yeah, and, they are. Yeah, and so like you might not have any encounters. You'll be like, and then there's a hall, and at the end of this hall, there's like a door here, and there's a door here, and you have to like explain where everything is. Then the player, and there's nothing there. There's nothing else but doors, you know, and and hallways and open areas that open up. So I draw it on the graph paper, and I just show them. I tell them what it is, and I show them the graph paper so they can see it. But what I want, what 
I saw a couple of solutions. And so like I've had a lot of experience running D&D, but I don't know what the latest technology is. So there's a couple of things I was thinking about. I think that what Jonathan's proposed is actually, I really like that with a disposable paper because I can just draw it the one time and then when it's over with, I throw the paper away. You know, well, like I'm here, Brian. Or is you can buy like a poster frame, put that paper uh -huh. in the poster frame, and just dry erase on it. That way you yeah, can just then, erase yeah, it. But then you're, you're adding another whole purchase and commodity and step. And like I said, well, you don't even have to throw these out if you draw it. Right. You could there's just something else it. I saw. Yeah, yeah. You could file it and use it for another time. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the, um, and I don't I don't disagree with that either. But but if I have it on paper, I can also take notes on that paper. I could yes. just like. You know, like, oh, I break the wall and I just draw it. It's broken here. And, like, you can do more to it, right? Mm -hmm. But another thing is, is that I saw some other possible solutions or some other things that people have talked about. So I guess what I'm asking about is it is it's more about not what's been done before, but what is sort of, like, upcoming. It seems like you guys are up on, like, what the new ways that people play D&D. So I saw a Kickstarter for this, but I bet that there are other versions that have done this. They actually have these things that are, like, table toppers. Yeah, and so it's like a table just gonna suggest that. Yeah, that you put <laughs> on top of your table and it gives you a bunch of space and people's hands are down under here, right? So their character sheets and their dice and everything are underneath. So they're not like, and their food, because, you know, like when the fucking pizza comes, that takes up table space and, you know, or the chicken wings or whatever. So the table topper is one thing that I was looking at like, oh, that's cool because I've been thinking about getting a new table. Like, you know, I've always wanted one of those big, round tables that you see at the cons, you know, the hotel tables. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but a table topper is one thing. And then I've also heard about, you know, uh, maybe there's like some uh, projector screen. It, it, I know it sounds expensive, but it probably isn't that displays the map and you can move it like. Um, oh, yeah. And you buy an inexpensive TV and they sell frames where you can actually you, you set it, it on the table. Yeah. The TV, yeah. The yep. yeah, 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 yeah. And then you can like basically digitally put the map there and like hide yes. what you want. Like you're playing all 20 or something. A, there's you know? a touchscreen TV, okay, that's designed for, not for this specifically, but this TV was so good. You could actually take your miniature and there's you could put marks at the bottom of the miniature. Once you set the miniature down on that map, the TV, read the computer registers who that is and where they are mm -hmm. that's i mean we're talking you know we're talking thousands of dollars but that's an, that's an amazing system man. so that's, but it, that's something it, that i would probably have comments, but you oh, can go sorry. even cheaper just a normal projector like a normal data projector mm -hmm. if you attach that to the ceiling yeah. then any table you can use and i've seen yeah. a few people do it the maps then, are in photoshop and then they just have a layer for like fog exactly. of war just erase yeah, it as yeah, the thing exactly. progress. So. I was thinking about that too because if I did that, that would save me crazy amounts of time. All I would need is the digital, like you know, JPEG or whatever of the map, and I can just sh share what I want them to see as they move, and it saves a tremendous time. And I get to use the miniatures. So I it's. Say, I, I want to say that program. What's that? What's that? Is it Roll Twenty? Roll Twenty. There's two yeah. programs out there: Roll Twenty, Fantasy Grounds. Roll Twenty is free. Fantasy Grounds, right. Okay, so those programs, I think they just added something to... This is, Roll20 is the original one, right? Like that's yeah, Roll20 is the original. The actual it's also original called, one. like, I think there's, like, DM, DMs tools or something yes. like that. Yeah. DMs toolkit. So Roll20 has a system where you can create the Fog of War on their maps. Like, so when mm -hmm. you project their like maps... Like, you have to be a, you gotta be a subscriber. Yeah, I played in those. Sure, I played sure. in those. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but I'm just saying. Um, real quick. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff says... Uh, 
two maps, letter of the rooms, number of the entrances on the on the first. Second and is the only ones. Second, yeah, I, I yeah. I ran this one. I ran this one adventure. I got to tell you this real quick. I ran this one adventure, the one I did before the Giants. It was called Dead and Thay. Uh, recommendation: Don't run it. For your no, it's yeah. I heard it's not uh, good. It's not very good. What but is? I, I it's called Dead and Thay, and it was about the Red Wizards of Thay. But oh, it's basically God. one of these. I don't mind any of that, but it was one of these mega dungeons that somebody yeah. was like I'm going to make a crazy huge dungeon, and it's like it doesn't get much more money haul than that, but. At the end, which was the most exciting thing, at the end, you're in this vault, and it's like in this pocket dimension, and the and the vault itself is like a polyhedral four-sided pyramid that's constantly rotating. <laughs> you have to make that a map, right? And they show you the map. So I had to draw it out in four sections and number the edges and tell the players, if you go to this edge and you go up against this wall, then you're going to move over to this map over here. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. It was, yeah. I made it work, but I was like, this is a, I'm trying to make a three-dimensional object into a two-dimensional <clears throat> map. It was like, it's sort yeah. of like some of the flying creatures. That's another, another aspect of the map making that I think can be, um, it can, it can diminish the potential of an, of an encounter because if you, if you tell, okay, here's the thing. There's a meta level to this. If the players are exploring and they're they're entering a room and they, you, about buying a and you like, bring the map out, then they know something's about to go down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, it changes their behavior. And yeah. it, it works a lot better if you never have to bring anything out and there's just like this, you know, a map that's there or you're doing the theater of the mind thing or whatever. And that way, the players never know when something's going to happen, so they're not like. I know. Prepared, I, so. I tell you what, my game has stepped up since I've not done what I said earlier, like put the whole uh, map out and try to cover it up because they know that hey, that area over there, he's never uncovered that yet. We got to go explore that. Yeah, yeah. Get there somehow. So I said, whoa, whoa! I changed my or, whole game up. Yeah, I'm like, every, they don't know, they don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's so much more thrilling, and I still get so anxious to bring out the the the, yeah, the uh, terrain yeah. that sometimes that I I don't describe what they're looking at, and I just bring it out, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. wait a minute. There's also yeah, I mean, that's why I was using the dungeon <clears throat> tiles. Those dungeon yeah. tiles. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> yeah, like, Grim. Crazy. On that is true. Grim has been making a lot of cheap. Dungeon tiles, well, man. No, I, mean, and I was using the actual official, the D&D cardboard tiles, like the card tiles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got those, them. too. I have a, I have an entire double For the board game? No, no, no. From the actual Dungeons and Dungeon Dragons, Dragons tiles. Like, yeah, they have created, like, card like, packets. Just, card, just cardboard. For, yeah, real easy. Just, you know, usually double-sided. Mm -hmm. And I just went buck wow because I was like, this is perfect because I, I bought some, down, but I don't know if they were the D and D ones. Yeah. Do you get like a bunch of like curved pieces and like kind of gray stone? There's some. There's um, some. You have dungeon yeah. tiles, you have wilderness tiles, and you had like city tiles, right? Those were the main sets. But each one of those, like in the beginning, they were releasing like you know the down the downed abbey. So it was like a wilderness setting with a with you know a ruined abbey in the center, and you could yeah put I it do have those you, want, you know and I I do I, have the dungeon tiles yeah. Those are to me was one of the best. Like I stopped using my map, yeah, my big drawing map because I was like no I don't I now I can just throw down the tiles that I need when I need them. And yeah, I don't know what's coming. Yeah, I'm the only sure. problem the only problem with dungeon tiles because I do have them and I use mm -hmm. them for Ravenloft a little mm -hmm. bit towards the end. The only problem is that the what's printed on them. 
is awfully specific and sometimes you can't use it for like a pre-written adventure like if you're doing your own thing you can use them to plan things out but if you're yeah. running something that's established and they're like you know uh like i was running ravenloft and um the the dungeon tiles some of them i might need a certain number of you know four by four to make a room and i'll get the ones i need but then i'll have a couple of extras that are like just rocks or there's like a pool or there's like a giant magic circle on them. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell the players that that's not actually a magic circle. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit limiting, but I, I get what this, you're saying. Yeah. This is going to go for all of you guys that's using terrain tiles or cardboard tiles, or even my Dwarven Forge. I still get hung up to this day by trying to run a module. And I look at the map and I say, I've got to build this with my terrain. And mm-hmm. I can't, so I try. Draw I try. Out. I try, and I try, and I try, and I'm like, I no, but I need this. I need two more squares this way, and I have. I'm getting. I'm trying to work all the time to get myself out of that mindset. Yeah, no, they yeah, don't know okay. what the hell the module is. Right. It doesn't yeah. have to be the way the map was written. I just need to know it's a cave right now. There's this. This the main thing that's in the cave. I I, I want it to be around the same size, but if it's not going to be the right shape, or it doesn't, you know, the way they drew it. Hey, this is my cave. This is I'm I'm adjusting it. I'm yeah. fly right now, and I, I it's hard to get out of that mindset. I want to mimic exactly what that map does says, and you can do that when you draw it out. If you've got a big blank slate, and you can, you know, make it exactly the way you want, then, then so, that's the way you have to do it. You know, but that's quick, why the, um, the tiles I'm yeah. sort of making now. I'm trying to make them really generic. So there's a yeah. big square room, but if there's going to be like a a fountain or a pool or a crater or some <laughs> yeah. sort of some sort of idle thing or whatever that'll just be an extra thing that i can plonk plonk on top and if i was running a module where well see i do every i don't run pre-written modules i run my own but if i had a thing like this giant encounter where massive sort of geography to cover i think for me i would be doing I guess theater of the mind to describe it as best I can. Mm-hmm. And when the combat actually starts, I'll be like, right, fellas, give me a minute, two minutes, and then I'll drop the stuff down on the table that they're fighting. But I wouldn't like drop it down before they sort of stumbled across whatever they're going to start fighting yeah. with. Describe it to the point, mm-hmm. and then I would drop the stuff down. And but that's that's, see, that's me. Thing too, like, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I do that too. But like, with, I, with I, I tiles, would rather be... see the tiles for me is like you have to do pre-planning. Right, mm-hmm. like you, you just you just have to with those things because, yeah, you know Take you pictures. don't you you don't want to. I that's I I've done it. I've actually ran dungeons where they've got you know the game ended and they were still doing stuff. I had to take picture of the dungeon because I didn't know what time we were coming back or when mm-hmm. we were coming back, so it, it helped out. But yeah, definitely pre-plan your dungeons, especially with tiles, because you know you can draw it like quick on the spot. You know if you've got a module or whatever. But if you're looking at a module and you see that map come up, like okay. Where are they going to have the biggest encounters? Let me do though. Let me prep those dungeons. And I mean, you know, I would, it, it, it's, it's like the drawing. It's going to take your time up on Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just unfortunate that that's just what it is. If you had the money, like if I had the money, yeah, I'd have a table with the light and the TV and just boom, click, done. You know, but yeah, you just um, don't. You know what I mean? I just don't personally. Um, but, you know, that is what that is, right? So I'd, like looking at the paper pad, I was like, I got to figure out the best way, most affordable way for me to be at a, because I like the dungeon tiles, but those are all like Brian said, 
a lot of them have very specific scenery on them. And while you can tell your players, hey, just imagine that's not there, they can't help but to see it because it's literally yeah. printed yeah. on the tile. And unless you're going to buy, like me, where I bought three of every set when they first came out because I thought they were too small. I was like, there's no way I'm going to put a, yep. an encounter with Fire Giant or even True. a Hill Giant. I'm not going to put a Hill Giant <clears throat> in this encounter because he's not going to be able to take advantage of his rock throwing because he's like right there. So I yeah. went and bought like a couple sets of each of them. You know, I went buck wild and I have hundreds of tiles. You, you but like he said, you know, <laughs> you're, I need you those corners up. My corners are all full of stalactites and stalagmites. You know, and I'm not in a cavern and that's all I have left. It's just going to take away from the disbelief. It's going to suspend that disbelief. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So um, in the comics uh, right now, yeah, I read yeah. some of them off earlier. Um, like here. I like how it went from poster poster frame is too expensive to let's buy a huge touchscreen TV so that that reads on minis. Well, listen, we can pipe dream, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, but I, heaven I, forbid a poster please. frame is too expensive. A poster right? frame is too ex expensive, but you know, let's go get a, a thousand, oh, two thousand well, dollar no, no, TV. No, 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 they're two different contexts, right? Like, you're, you're talking about two different contexts, you guys. Okay. First of all, we're talking about what he is going to go spend money on. I would not recommend a poster frame. But if you're talking about, like, if I just hit you with a sack of a million dollars, go buy whatever you want. I doubt yeah. you're going to buy D&D &D well, stuff. I, 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 I know what I would thing. buy. The projector <laughs> thing isn't a bad idea because those are getting cheaper and cheaper all the time. Yeah. And um, I think you can get one for pretty inexpensive now. And if I think it's going to, like, enhance the game. And the thing is, it's reusable, like, over and over and over. All I got to do is put the image in. Boom. Yeah. And the same thing and goes for an inexpensive flat screen that like lays down like a large. You know the cool thing is too. Well, if tablet, you just use an overhead projector, you can increase the size and scale of that map to yeah. any size yeah. you want. That's yeah. the coolest thing about projectors. Uh, you need an inch grid, you can just increase it till you have that grid. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. boom, and, and, and if you're gonna go that route, um, there's a great. I forget it's on YouTube. I, I've subscribed to them, so I, I remember them. If I ever go that digital either TV table route. Um, they got some great sceneries. I don't know what Roll 20's got. I'm sure they got like just a regular static maps, but they've got like motion maps where if you're on a oh, ship yeah. and you've got birds flying, you've got the waves going, you got, they have dramatic mm. lighting so you can have it to be sunny, you can be at nighttime, you can do fog of war. You know, I don't know. Uh -huh. They only let you get a, a free sample on YouTube so you can watch it. Um, but you know what you, you know, do, I don't know Pujo, what they're you, you know I don't I don't know how Pujo, you buy it but if you get the chance link us that site or link yeah. us that channel oh man it, it is beautiful so man, it out, um, man. Uh, I I'd like to drool happens. over it you know what I'm saying Jeff <laughs> says, awesome. or when JD changes the music <laughs> funny thing is whenever these guys went whenever my first group went into battle I will always change the music on them sure I mean if you so they music. knew when something was coming up uh, <laughs> Stephen Hayhurst hey thank you for tuning in. Uh, I always thought Ravenloft was more suited for theater than mine. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, they've, they've well, I will some, say, yeah, I will say that uh, for most of Ravenloft, it was theater of the mind. For most of it, it's about setting mood. And in yeah. fact, this goes back to, yeah. it, it goes back to this goes back to when we were talking at the beginning about rules, lawyers, and stuff. One of the greatest memories of this campaign, of this entire D and D campaign that I've been running, was something that this new player this this problem player i have his then girlfriend she, she was in the game she she ended up they broke up later but she was in the game and she no but she was awesome though because there she was single 
I'm sorry. I'm just. No, no, no. She moved. She moved. So I, I don't know. But um, she was in a game, and I, I'll never forget this because she was brand new to D and D too. And they, by happenstance, I had them like having these little encounters with people in Barovia because the people there are really weird and creepy. And, you know, there's opportunities for stuff. It's not just like, let's hunt down Strahd and kill him, right? You're like setting the mood. And early on, they met a, um, this old woman that was selling these like uh, biscuits or like cakes, you know, like these, these pastries. And they and they learned uh. that the pastries were made of they were like meat pies, and they suspected because there was no meat around. They were wondering what's coming Todd? from. You Sweeney yeah. Todd them, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they they tracked her down to where she was, and she lived in this old windmill with her two sisters, and they were basically all hags that basically kidnapped. No, we didn't. And then they cooked them, and then they sold their sold their the meat, right? They would kidnap them. Yeah. No. And so what happened was they were trying to figure out what was going on. The rogue snuck inside. That's the girl, this girlfriend. She was playing a rogue, and she was like trying to figure out what was going on. And she saw the the oven, and she heard the cries of children in cages upstairs, in the upper levels of the windmill. So she suspected something was up. At one point, the hag was like putting more buns in the oven, as it were, and the rogue spontaneously decided that she was going to kick her into the oven, right? And so she did. She pushed the hag in the oven, closed the door, and it was like this. Yeah, and it was basically this really spontaneous moment that none of the players expected. Like this was not the main adventure. This was a complete voluntary side quest that they decided to do, and it it went sideways. <laughs> in the best way because they had to um you know deal with not just this one hag that was turning into a, a an actual hag like a monstrous hag but there were two other hags upstairs that felt the pain of the one that went in the oven and they started to come down and the players had to fight them but it wasn't just the fight they were also trying to buy time and try to keep that one hag in the oven you know yeah. and so, yeah. It became like this incredible memory that everybody in the game still remembers. And the reason why it was because it was completely spontaneous. There was no, you know, tactics going on. It was more like last minute decisions. It was in character for them to do it. We didn't even use miniatures or a map because it was completely out of nowhere. And mm -hmm. it was like the it was the best memory of the campaign. And so like these are the things that we played before. Like we want to create these memories. And sure, it's a little cliche, but they had so much fun. I'm not going to take that away from them. Yeah. So, uh, say, uh, Hate says he has a projector. Uh, and Jiro says, has the popcorn. Yeah. Uh, Jeff yeah. says mini projectors for $100 <laughs> at Best Buy. And uh, Spinner Knights says, hooray for dream pa pastries. <laughs> I, th I think I really PvP think a projector... Arena. I think that's oh what they. Oh my God! Yes, they're yeah. saying that you can get a projector for a hundred bucks at Best Buy. Yeah. Somebody said. I really something. think yeah, that yeah. is the cheapest entry into the going to the whole digital sort of tabletop map. Yes, I remember that. Sort of thing. Now you will have to play with it being darker, won't you? A little bit. You're gonna yeah. try to mount the yeah. uh, projector to, to well, the ceiling. Okay, I take cheaper, it and have it straight down. The cheaper projectors, yeah, they don't have strong lighting, so you have to play in a little bit dimmer situation. But I mean, you set the mood too. 
you know that's yeah. that, that kind of sets the atmosphere i mean i've i've actually turned down the lights you know and um i've done things to to try to uh involve the players or get them more immersed into the environment that they were in it, it, and, it I, and i don't think you have to look at like a uh touch screen you know zero tv that you know has it's a million dollars you know, if you can, if you can find, if you can find at Walmart, they got specials all the time in that aisle where it's like, you know, a couple hundred dollars for a pretty nice size TV. If it's just you know? like a screen monitor that lays down and yeah. I can connect it to my laptop, then I can probably just use it as a second. Oh yeah, my laptop. You're, and do that. What you're gonna get is you're gonna get crisp quality. I mean, from yeah. a projector, like you said, you got to dim the lights. You got to make sure it's, you know, you got to dial it in. Yeah. Which, which once you get it set, you'll be all right. But I don't think the the clarity of the, having the pixels right there underneath yeah. is going to be the same. So you got to weigh the odds. 150? Are you willing to spend what is it? Three, three fifty? It all depends on what you want to get into. But you you can probably yeah. get you can probably get like a secondhand projector from some sort of clearance outlet, uh, like a business <laughs> that's selling their stuff. Even if you pay fifty bucks for yeah. it, yeah. it's getting used to the tool set with up. the Photoshop and everything. Yeah, yeah, and I then you really know what space to work with. Apparently, Wish Wish sells a projector for thirty two dollars. Yeah, well, Wish oh. is a, oh that that projector is a Chinese distributor. One. So you're ordering directly from China. Yeah, I've got a I've got oh, a giant. I got the Storm Giant from Storm King Stunner with the, the the Thunderbolt coming from Hong Kong right now. It's on its way. Oh, nice. Uh, Jeff says get on Craigslist, <laughs> find someone who has a flat screen. Got full of coronavirus. Make sure you disinfect it before you start handling it. Yeah. I think I'm gonna dis I'm gonna disinfect the box before I even touch the box. Hazmat <laughs> suit. Don't be surprised if that figure's resin. What? It's it's a WizKids. It's yeah, a WizKids line. It's pre-painted. Listen, a lot of times from China, they don't send you that. They actually send you a recap. Hey, Evil's got the same one. Okay. He didn't say nothing. Okay. Oh, he got really? it from the same. He got it from the same guy on okay. eBay. Oh, nice. Oh, it's okay. Okay, that's different then. That's so yeah, different. yeah, it's, it's um, eBay. Yeah, just says get on Craigslist, find someone that has a flat screen that has sound issue. If you don't care about the sound. But hey, uh, Brian, if you're thinking about doing yeah. that TV thing in the table, look on uh, if you haven't already on YouTube. They've got where you know how how to build it and put it into a frame and what it would cost. What it, you know if you won't even want to get into that because yeah. I don't want to deal with wood and I don't know how good are you, uh, handy are you. Um, but it, it'll tell you how easy it is to make a little frame and how mm -hmm. how to do it and put a TV in it. If you're not even wanting to get into all that, because it, it's not just a TV and put it, plop it on the table. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that, unless you don't yeah, yeah. care about it looking like that. That's no, a smart no, one too, sure. Jeff. Get a hold of a hospital and see if any of their flat screens are dirt to be uh, retired. Do the same on Craigslist yeah. as well, like cheap cheap ass TV and. But then oh, I get oh, like, oh, yeah. It, I think it'll be how big you want or how much of an area you want to actually like put minis on and stuff like that. Is like a 42-inch TV going to be big enough or you want smaller or bigger? 40-inch. Hospitals retired the 40-inch flat screens they use for advertising after so many hours. To, to be honest with you guys, I've, I've got a 75-inch TV, and I was thinking about upgrading to an 85, and I was going to turn my 75 into a tabletop. But Talking about I going overboard. I think it's a little bit too big. I think it's a little bit too overboard. I think it's bigger than my kitchen table. I don't. Know, I don't think it's going to work right. Probably not. We're going to have like electric. Uh, uh, everybody getting electrocuted because they're like pouring their beers and spilling it out. <laughs> this is not cool, guys. Ah! <laughs> 
So, You'd be running around putting coasters on everyone's so, I mean, drink. Don't uh, do that. Brian, did that any of that help? Yeah. Did any of that information help? No, I'm gonna definitely look into the projector and the and the TV, like I these guys are suggesting. Maybe like see what people have done. A table topper with a TV embedded in it could be good because then I don't have to Ooh, get ready. Um yes. I have to get rid of the, the dining room table. Right. And I could just bring that out, you know. And yeah, no, you definitely would need be, something for yeah. that TV to vent heat. That's, yeah, that's the one well, that's another reason why the tabletop would be good too. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you do have to worry with that, with that double plan. The tabletop is really cool, and when you mentioned that before, I've seen what you're talking about. I've seen that Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and I looked at, it, I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. cool, and I My totally, I, I totally get it. To <laughs> I totally get it. If you're going to be uh, books and pens and paper and all that stuff, and t- you know, even tablets for, for that matter, yeah, and food and food and drinks and whatever, and you I, can and make those tabletops yourself. Now, if it's up high, it's not good for you and me. If you're look, thinking about a, t- a, a TV screen up there or my Dwarven Forge up there, I want my Dwarven Forge sunk into the table so I can yeah. see it. Um, the tabletop, yeah. you want it down oh, on the table. If, if it was like if I had something that was more like a pool table where yeah, you're like, I mean, looking down into it. Yes, yes. You have to be yeah. sitting up high. If you're going to make that screen high, you want to be able to see that screen. Mm-hmm. So you're so, going to have to get even higher. Oh, I yeah. I could get bar stools. Like right yeah. now, we just have little folding chairs. But if we had like bar stools, and because the t- TV is going to have a poor viewing angle, so you're really yes. going to have to sort of be up on a. Mm-hmm. If you look by an IKEA, Brian, they they got a table, a glass top table that you can slide a TV underneath. That's like the bars is perfect for a 32 inch to slide underneath there. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my what I would do, this is what I would do, Brian. If if you go with the, if you end up just go with the projector, that's going to be right under your table anyway. So yeah. Um, you can build something that's only a few inches, you know, a few inches off the table. Not like I think that thing that you were talking about is probably more like almost 12 inches off the table. No, it's like but if you if you were just a if you were just enough to where you can get stuff underneath it and have given yourself that extra room, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. I don't think you need the whole 12 inches, but um, if you were going to build a, a box for a TV and you're going to set it right on the table, you can actually just make some blocks and some, make some legs, you know, the exact height you need, so it's not going to get it too high, you know, and then it, that's basically your lift and where you can put your books and everything will fit underneath. So okay. that's another idea too. Uh, Stephen uh, Hayhurst says this may be just uh, this may be just my experience, but more uh, reliant. ADM becomes on visualizations. The thinner the storytelling becomes, the game becomes more of a tactical war game. No, yeah. I don't agree. I don't. I disagree completely. Why? <laughs> I, I, I half and half. Yeah, I, I was going to say I, I, I kind of agree with that. I have encountered so many players that have benefited from the visual aid, and I never, I never go over. I mean, I'm a war gamer. I'm a tabletop war gamer. Brian will tell you that, straight up. Like, I, I, tabletop war games is my shit. Okay. I incorporated miniatures into my D&D games so that I could give players who did not have the ability to render those images themselves in their heads a, a, a visual cue so they knew what they were doing and where they were going. It depend. I mean, if all you do is rely on it, sure, it could over it sh- could supersede your story, but that's on the GM. That's on the GM to control. If you're if you got the skills to pay the bills as a GM, you could have 20 miniatures. You could have no miniatures. And your story will outshine whatever else is there. The miniatures are just there to aid the dungeon master. They're not I think, there I think to... it's just being smart with what maps you show the players. Like if they're taking a road through the forest and it forks, 
if you all got like this whole map out and they're trying to get to yeah. one destination and they can see which direction to go, you've gone too far. But if you zeroed in more well, on it, and here's the thing on that yeah. example, right? Like, let's just say that's the example. What would you need a map in miniatures for? If you're telling exactly. them they're traveling down a road and they need to decide between left and right on a fork, there's no that's theater of the mind. There should be no minute. See, that's the thing. Some people go overboard when it comes to those miniatures. Not you, Cujo. But some people <laughs> go to the point where they're, they're literally trying to draw out everything that they want to describe as far as non-combat. Miniatures and maps are only for combat situations. Period. They should not be used outside of that. Like, you should be able to create the theater of the mind so that yeah. they can visualize everything they need to make their decisions. When it comes to combat yeah. is when I use miniatures and maps because that is, that, honestly, that's more for me. That goes along with I what know Jeff's, where the players with, are and the monsters are rather than the players saying, no, I wasn't there. I hid behind the tree. <laughs> you know that goes saying? along with what Jeff just said right here. Yeah, you know, I forget things and having uh, visuals helps me keep track of what is and has happened. That's right. But like yeah, I said, that, that's what helps in the combat, and that's why you know it doesn't take from being a good DM if you can get them to that encounter. Right. You know, like, you could present them that fork in the road in your mind. You know, like theater of the mind. Just hey, you got mm -hmm. a fork. Do you want to go this way? This what this is what it looks like this way. This is what it looks like that way. And and they they don't they don't know they don't know. Let them make their mind up, and then right. when they get to the encounter, you drop the encounter. You guys would develop carpal tunnel in like a day if you had to draw everything you were describing. Bro. Like, <laughs> well, you know, have you guys ever been the knock door? I don't, Brian has carpal tunnel. I don't want to miss. Yeah, I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I, I I don't want to like misrepresent this guy's statement. I I I understand that that is a real. He says sure. in his experience, right? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I Absolutely. think it's a real danger, but but I will say that the thing is is that game systems like D&D they lean or they lend towards a need for some visual representation when combat starts. Not like necessarily when there's or and it depends on the combat. Like if it's just like one enemy in in like an empty space or like a room that has nothing in it, you can probably just handle that yeah. theater of the mind. But when you get into like involved things where people are using cover and they're moving and people are sneaking around and there's all these objects and then yeah, you just need to bring that out. There are other game systems that <laughs> uh, don't rely on that as much. You know, they they tend to um, um, like right, right. they tend to be a little bit more loose with the rules. You know, like Cyberpunk, you can take it or leave it. Um, I'd, I'm, I'd like to see if it uses a little bit more like tactical stuff because in the past it didn't really. And then there are some games like, you know, I mentioned Hollow Earth and I mentioned Mothership and uh, there's other, there's like some where miniatures is impossible. Like there's this one game I have called Legends of the Wu Lin. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but it's a uh, wuxia like kung fu role playing game and characters in that game can literally fly. So like, there's no need like there, there's literally it's broken up into areas. You just say I'm in this area and I'm fighting this guy because movement is almost irrelevant, you know, and and like tactics. There's no flanking. There's none of that because everyone knows kung fu. So it kind of depends on the system. But with D and D, uh, when uh, you you should I think uh, unless everyone agrees to it, uh, you should be prepared to use miniatures for the combats because you need to like know. You know what area spells are affecting it. Otherwise, you're going to get into fights with people. Unless your players trust the DM to make a judgment, 
Yeah. Um, that, that's the only way. And the problem and is that, Brian, you know, that almost never works out. Brian, I so. always tell these guys a story about the character. I won't say his name, but the player who swung open a door and the wizard oh, yeah. was on the other that's side right. of the door with a fireball spell. And when he got hit, he was like, no, no, no. I was behind the door when I swung it mm -hmm. open. And the rest of the players were like, no, that didn't. That's not what you said. That's not what you yeah. did. And we got into a huge argument about it that took up a big chunk of time. That would completely have been avoided had I had we had a map and miniatures. I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. I'm just saying at the time. Yeah, and then dwarven boards, I'd actually swing the door and I'd say, "How did you get behind that door?" Yeah. <laughs> point, okay, I mean, I have a I have a physical door. <laughs> have you guys? Those are you, the types of things. Guys, that happen. Ching -ching you, open it. <laughs> <laughs> like, how'd you get under the door, the crack, yeah. and then behind it? And, well, I'm just saying. That? I'm just saying that those are the kinds of things that happen when you don't have that visual representation. Well, and that it's going to be really, you know. Hey, before I go, guys, I, I got about two percent battery left, so I'm going to be <laughs> out of here in a second. Yeah, you know, I'm on a phone. I'm on a, I'm on a phone here. Um, I had a question for I had a question for Brian because he's brought up a lot of different games, and we don't really get that um, here. Oh, uh, and I ha I haven't heard you mention the game that all these guys know that I'm itching to get. Um, it's free to play right now. It's actually um, player made. It's just uh, what do you want to call it? Just homebrew. Uh, what you, it, just somebody made it. It's Star Wars, but in fifth edition. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And, a, and a group of guys have been making it, and they're they have a Discord group. I joined it, and I, once I found it, and I tried to print the player's handbook because it's ready to print. But I, I have to change the name. They told me to go back in there. I mean, I've seen the book printed before. It looks like an official Dungeons and Dragons book. I can't wait to get it and review it. Um, and I've looked through it. You can look at all the digital copies for free. They have a monster manual. They've got a, a like four books, um, you know, including the PHB. PHB. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Uh, but it, it's so good. Everything I've looked through is like exactly what I'd want. They've converted all the magic to makes sense in the star wars world like convert, star wars. you know yeah it's just the way they did it i mean i haven't absorbed everything but what i've seen mm -hmm. is this i'm loving it i love it i love it there, has, there hasn't been anything i didn't like so i went ahead to try to print it um but hey, anyway real, real quick cujo real quick yeah. um i just wanted to say uh yeah for stefan he uh he said that he really enjoyed listening to the to the show tonight he's got a bounce but if we wanted to, we could check him out on the Facebook page, Dungeons and Dragons and Beer. Yeah, a great uh, group. Definitely, Stephen. I'm gonna go check out your page. Um, it's awesome. I'll be stalking you for a while, so just so <laughs> just heads up. <laughs> um, and you're always welcome to come join us on the Tabletop Dungeoneers Discord server. Um, it's it's gonna be there. The link will be in the description uh, of this video uh, below. So thanks for joining us, man. I see you I later, Stephen. Your, I appreciate your com your uh, your comments and conversation, brother. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we was so actually. Yeah, so, me, oh, yeah. Sorry, go, yeah, go ahead, Critical. Uh, I was gonna say, me and Stefan was actually in a group, and he posted something. And the group didn't like it and stuff, and he's like, "Well, it's totally related to the group, but okay, fine, whatever." So he left and made this group, and it, this group's so awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's great. It basically but, you yeah. post anything you want. Um, so, yeah, I've been buying uh, some Star Wars miniatures. I'm getting involved. My boys love Star Wars, so they're excited. Um, I, you know, I'm buying Star Wars Legions, which is a you know war game like forty, you know, like forty k, but it's got mm -hmm. you know dice pools. Well, it's, I guess dice pools is similar to what forty k too. 
a different style of dice pool. I'm honestly, Cujo, if you could go on eBay and look for those Wizards of the Coast Star Wars, I've seen them. I've seen them. I've been looking at everything. Hundreds of them, bro. Like I've seen them sitting in a garage, man. I have every. Yeah, I'm not gonna waste all all of it on there, but and everything from you know the New Hope to to Jedi. Like I have so. They came out with so much stuff for that game. It's just ridiculous. They should be yeah, because Wizard, Wizard of the Coast had it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was but, just going to you know. say, I actually played Star Wars when it was uh, when they made a third edition version of it. Yep. How was uh, it then? 3.0. Oh, I, I, you know what? We didn't get to play it that much, but personally, I really enjoyed it. Because um, I know when you said, like, when I play 5th edition, I, and that's my fantasy, then and then I play something totally different, you know, when yeah. it's not 5th edition. Well, I, I'm just happy that there's a 5th edition thing yeah, yeah, yeah. that I really am wanting to get involved in, because I love the 5th edition rule set right now. I'm just really happy with it, and well, man, if I can play know, the Star Wars universe with yeah. it, I mean, I'm happy. I think that, like, well, I don't know how this one's different, but in the 3rd edition version, there were some changes to the system to make it more Star Wars-y than D&D. And not just because they included like uh, elements of the Star Wars universe, like the Force and Jedis and stuff, but actual like mechanics. Like for example, they had hit points, but they also had uh, actual health points. So like your health points were equal to your character's constitution. And when, if you, if you were hit with a critical hit or under certain conditions, it wouldn't do damage to your hit points. It would do damage to your actual health points. So it was like you had this real sense that you could be in real danger even if you had a lot of hit points. The hit points acted more like, you know, exhaustion, exertion. I mean, yes, you would take damage to your hit points, but instead of, like, for example, if a guy, if, if you're fighting a Sith and he hits you with a lightsaber and he does damage to your hit points, it's not that he cuts you with the lightsaber because obviously that would hurt a lot. It's that would cost that, them. You know, the blocking or the evasion has like caused you to get a little bit exerted. You're getting tired. You're getting winded. And so like that's like how it reflects, right? And so when if you get criticaled or some some other condition meets that, then it's like the lightsaber actually stabs you or it like hits you on the arm or whatever. And so they had like a, a bit of a different system to it, which I liked a lot. Um, but my favorite thing about it was that I got to play as a Gungan, and I was trying to make my Gungan as awesome as possible, um, and he really was. So, But yeah, so, I like this Star Wars game. Um, just real quick, guys. Uh, Spiel says that he used to play the old West End uh, games, Star Wars version. Yeah. I remember that game. I don't know if we played it, Brian. But no. I do remember the West End I do. version. That of was Star before. Wars. That was when we roll all the D sixes. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I remember that. Now, Spear, yeah. I, I just wanted to apologize real quick to him too because he's been really active in the chat, and I, yes. I want to thank you for mm. that. And I, we just, we just not getting to you, and I apologize. I want to work on getting better at getting to the chats and stuff like that. So don't feel like we're ignoring you because we're not. I just yeah, I apologize for that know, too. I, I'm not a fast yeah. reader here. You know, we a lot of us. <laughs> I can't see the chat personally. I'm on StreamYard and yeah. I, I was trying to keep my tablet open so I can try to read chat, but I'm like, you know, I'm delayed. So I, I yeah. the, the comment about systems. I just want to make this comment about systems. Um, the if you're if you like the D and D system and it like meets your needs for any number of other settings, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's fine. I think that, you know, it's more of a universal system. But the kinds of tabletop games that I really like are the ones where the system is built to uh, complement the themes and genres of the game itself. Right. So, um, 
so for example like feng shui like feng yeah feng shui is another is a really good example where it's basically a it's based on hong kong action movies with magic and martial arts and you know like uh chow yun fat gunplay yeah, and like it uses flying in the air doing kung yeah and it, it uses two d6s one represents yin one represents yang you roll them together and then like you know you determine what happens and it's yeah. done it's even plays out like a movie in shots and scenes as opposed to you know games that use rounds or deadlands where at least the version oh, i used to play which is like basically it's called the weird west it's a wild west game with like magic and monsters and you know demons and stuff and undead and so you play deadlands using poker cards and chips yeah. and dice so it like it lends into um the game like some some of them lean harder than others uh another really great one is legend of the five rings which is mm. a samurai right that used to be and, a card game yeah it started off as a card yeah. game and then they made it into a tabletop rpg and legend of the five rings uses d10 pools but there's also this thing called raises where you basically make a gamble to raise the difficulty of uh doing something to get a more awesome effect so it's one thing to just hit your guy and do damage hit an enemy and just do damage to them or you could just try to you know cut off their mustache with your katana without actually hurting them and it it you mm. know it serves a different purpose so you it encourages people to uh, behave in a different way and so like systems that do that that are sort of catered to a genre are the ones that i really get into but yeah. i think that there are other systems like the d21 that are well purposed for just about anything provided that they're not just doing a one-to-one -one translation from D, D over to this other thing and they yeah. like right they add something to it you know yeah so, yeah I, I watched like an an hour and a half video of this guy trying to you know the fantasy flight games that owns the star wars they have a role-playing game as well mm -hmm. and he tried to go like over and over why how how their system is good and i haven't played the system yet i just bought the box sets for the the war game that they have and i haven't i've, I've watched people play i've seen how their the dice pool kind of works but i haven't played it myself but i believe the role-playing game is very similar i think they almost use the same dice set so it's pools of dice and it's you know there's not even numbers on half the dice um so yeah there's a learning curve is it good i mean the way he described it yes it's good he it probably it. is i wouldn't but, be surprised what yeah star wars, region? star wars star wars fifth edition oh okay well the no no star wars role play the fifth oh. edition version i'm sure is good that's easy to get oh, transitioned yeah. into but this uh fa final f or fantasy flight games it also has does the legions has armada and they also have role play so they have ah, three so they all okay. use the same okay, dice so, sets um fantasy flight games um they they acquired the the license before the right, yeah. george lucas sold like right Disney. Yeah. He, so because because uh, wizards of the coast had the licensing and they made all the variants as well back in the day and then they lost the license or it, it just expired i think and then fantasy flight took over and they got it which is why they created like all the different levels of gaming for like they milked star wars basically you know what I yeah, mean? yeah 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 they made a miniatures game they made a uh spaceship game they made the role-playing game yeah and a lot of it's compatible i mean if you're a savvy dm could put all that together and make an incredible an incredible mm -hmm. game you know so yeah so basically you know if, if you're playing D D, you're playing 5e 
Uh, I'd love to be able to just easily transition. You know the rules, you know the the actions, the bonus actions. You know, you know, but you're gonna have to learn your new characters. You're gonna have to learn some force powers and all this kind of stuff. And how, you know, there's no more magic spells. Throw them out the window. They've converted some of the magic spells that make sense, like force lightning. Oh, I wonder what that's like. What kind of spell <laughs> that would probably be like. You know, so there's some spells that carried over and they just kind of reflavored. Um, but some things are just out the window. But anyway, it looks really interesting to me. I know that it'd be easy to transition. Uh, I love the system. I don't have any problem with it. I don't really want to learn Fantasy Flight Games 1. Plus, you know, just to get off this topic and be done with it, the, they they made the role-playing game, but they made it like three different major books. Um there's a tons of overlap in the rules. If you really want to be able to have access to everything, you got to buy these expensive books. To, and, and you're buying duplicate stuff. You're only getting a little bit out of this one, a little bit out of that one, a little bit out of this. And you got all these other books to get. It's just to me, it doesn't seem worth it. Um, well, here's the thing not, too, though. Not that interested I mean, into getting all involved in that. Is no. I mean, I've played a ton of their board games. I've played a ton of their miniature games. I've played a ton. Of, I've, I've read a lot of the books that they they write. They are very um, supplement rules and accessories heavy. I don't know if you've ever bought a Fantasy Flight mm-hmm. board game, but you're going to They get... print shitloads of stuff, but oh, every God, game yeah. like Templates and, and tokens and markers and... Well, I've got both starter sets everything. now. <laughs> yeah, they print out a ton of stuff. When you get a Fantasy Flight game, you got to buy a shelving unit just for all the shit that comes in that game. So, I mean, you know, that's that's one of those things, right? You have to expect that from them because that's just what they do, you know. Yeah, I'm just um, buying it primarily for the miniatures and, um, you know, buy what I like and what I think I might need for what I, you know, would like so to run. Just collecting, basically. We're going on 1153. Um, yep. So I wanted to kind of just recap what we went over um, and see if there's anybody in the chats that's still there talking to us. Um <laughs> What do you call it? Uh, I can't see who that is, but he says he loves Sir Percival. He says he loves Percival. He he loves Percy. Percy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually like Deadlands. I like the theme of it. I think I played it at Gen Con. I think we we did a quick game of it at Gen Con, and when they turned it into a miniatures game, I tried it too. It was pretty cool. Definitely an interesting atmosphere for a game. Um, But as far as tonight... Um, so we've, we went over basically how to deal, and I think with all the different perspectives that we had, with the exception of Cujo, because he doesn't have bad players, um, got a lot of insight as to how to deal with difficult players and players who just, you know, and I feel like I don't consider a person difficult until I come to the conclusion that I cannot move forward with them. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that's when you come to the point where like, okay, this is a difficult person. We're not going to be able to move forward. Get that thumb away. Thumb. We're not going to be able to to progress. And the players, the rest of the players, like you said, Brian, and that's my biggest thing. Like you said, it's it's the compromise of the other players. If the players bow down to it, then you have a problem, right? You have yeah. a, a bigger problem than just that guy being a douchebag. You have a problem with players not being confident in themselves right. yeah. enough to stand I mean, for like, themselves. It, yeah, what's happening is it, it may not be intended this way, but right. it can it can become it can like sort of spiral out of control into into a kind of bullying, right. and so the other players have to basically say they don't have to be mean to that player, but just say what you're doing is not going to impact what we're doing, right. and the DM is going to stand with us, and we're going to do things our way, and to to sort of like get ahead of that, you have to 
have a you have to have a session zero where you have to figure out what the players are hoping to get out of the game. And also as DM, you have to basically establish your boundaries and say, look, if there's a rules conflict and I've like genuinely made a mistake and you can give me a brief correction that won't slow the game down, because the goal is we only get to play this so frequently and we only have so much time. And so we don't want to spend a bunch of time on this. I make mistakes. I'm only human. I don't take the rules too seriously. So yeah, offer me a correction. But if you, if I do something and you think it's wrong, but I've been doing it for a while, and you correct me, I may not change it that session. I may just like keep doing it that way for the sake of consistency, and then we'll just deal with it next time. So yeah, you got to chill out on that. Um, but yeah. yeah, figure out what players want. Don't let the rules lawyers or the disruptive people um, ruin the game. And when it, when push comes to shove, if, if you know after you've explained your position and what it is that you want to get out of the game and make sure that we're all on the same page in terms of our goals, then if if they despite all of that they want to continue to be a nuisance, then you gotta you gotta tell them to go. I don't know what okay. to tell you. It's not personal. Right. We can still be friends, but you're not. Jeff, I'll send you the link to the uh, Star Wars Five E conversion. So, oh, I found uh, it tonight. You already found it. So, Grim, yeah, real quick. Uh, hey, hey Jeff, if you want, join us on the Tabletop Engineers group. There's a link in there. They so, have a digital uh, thing where you can make your own character and everything. And you yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. That's <laughs> awesome. So, okay, real quick before we go, Grim, you got any final thoughts you want to add? Um, oh, I think Brian summed up a lot of it. Um, I'm going to say with the whole terrain and minis thing, because I've played for 32 years, I've never actually used miniatures playing D&D or terrain or that sort of thing. But oh. I'm making terrain. I've got minis starting to arrive this week, so I'll start painting. Gonna, so uh, it'll be just, interesting to see how it changes for me as a DM who's used to running. You, you seem, you seem excited. You seem excited about it. So okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get you know spark. what? I'm gonna get back to that in a second, Grim. Trust me, I'm gonna, I got something for you. <laughs> uh, Cujo, any final thoughts on the on the topics tonight? Because I mean, like I said, you don't really, no. you didn't really have any bad players, so to say, and thankfully, you haven't had them yet. I no, say no, yet I never will. I'm a perfect DM. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> so, He's okay, the so overboard DM. Uh, no, I, I, just, I, 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 I primarily have family and friends and friends of no, yeah, friends. So totally. I mean, dude, you're lucky. You lucked out. If you if you if you go online and try to start playing with people, you're gonna play with all kinds of random people. And oh, there's a ton of you're gonna have all kinds. Yeah. yeah, you're um, gonna have problems. So critical. What are you? What are your thoughts? Your finals thoughts on the discussion tonight? I mean, you're still new. You're a new DM. I know, you know, so I'm still a lot learning. of this is uh, school for you. <laughs> you know what? I'm, that's why I've been just sitting back listening because I'm actually learning. Okay. So, you um, know. So, yeah, I, I, I can't. Brian, you took the words out of my mouth. Dude. Um, you summed it up, you know. And like I said before, you know, you, to come to a point where I can consider someone difficult, it has to be beyond – negotiation right like mm -hmm. beyond communication beyond my attempts to correct the situation right and the rules lawyer thing i like i've said many times before i take advantage of that person and just put them in charge of helping me keep track of rules that need to be discussed right like it's as i'm going to keep moving on with the game but my rules lawyer is going to definitely be looking it up and helping me discern what the truth is you know that way um Next week, if we get together and do the show, I I wanted to go over. I have the subject picked, and I know I know Crit. Don't don't shoot me. 
But Why would I shoot you? I have a just because I have your address. I can just show up to your door and be like, "Stop taking over." <laughs> hey, there's no gunpowder, so you can't shoot. Them. Yeah, exactly. I cast fireball. <laughs> I cast fireball. I want to talk about using theater of the mind, and this is going to be controversial. I oh, know somebody's going to get mad and be pissy, but I want to talk about using theater of the mind versus miniatures and maps next week. So if, mm. if we're going to close with that. And if anybody's listening, paying attention, you guys want to join in on that conversation, please, again, feel free. We, we, we love having you guys on with the chat. Brian, I want to thank you for coming on. I know it was a little late, but you still came on. Grim, I know you're in Australia, bro. So it's like daytime for you, but it's like midnight for us. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. you jumping on with us like you've been doing, brother. It's It's been amazing. Catching yeah, I, I love having you, bud. Yeah. Kujo, Dude, as just... always, bro, you know, much love. Crit, same thing. Um, any of you guys got any plugs, Brian? You want to plug your 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 yeah? What you're doing sure. I mean, I don't talk about D and D as my job on YouTube. Um, I I'm a producer at Honey Badger Radio, specifically um, our second YouTube channel, which is called Badger Live Streams, where I do live shows. We mainly talk about um, political the things, uh, specifically with men's issues. And I get lots of great guests on. I've had people from all over the world. Um, I've had Jordan people Peterson. who are MPs. Yeah, Jordan B. Peterson's been on the show. Um, I've gotten to talk to comedian Owen Benjamin. I've gotten to, I've been very lucky. So um, we mainly that's are cool. What? I said that's cool. Oh, yeah, thank you. We're mainly a, a, a channel that talks about men's issues. It's run by women. I just happen to be the producer because you know they need to understand the tech i'm i'm yeah i guess i'm kind of a token dude that's on the show <laughs> and uh, the channel is uh, badger live streams or honey badger radio so we're going to put the link for that for that channel in the description mm -hmm. uh well as a matter of fact um brian if you can send critical on discord send him the links on the discord so we can add it to uh the description right. for this video yeah. Yeah. Give me a second here. So, um, um, Jim, do you got anything you want to plug? I mean, I'm sorry, Brian. Is that it? You good? Uh, yeah. Uh, again. <laughs> Love it, cuz. <laughs> yeah. Um, for now, that's it. For now. All right. Well, I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Grim, you got anything you want to plug? Um, <laughs> just, you know, I'll be having some more videos come out with my campaign building thing, the world thing. That should hopefully be ramping up this week. Um, I'm looking forward to smoking everybody in the thrift store challenge for the tabletop dungeoneers. So people can jump on Listen, the on the Discord and Rick. and watch me rise to victory. Wow, this Aussie. He's since, like, I'm gonna put another strip of the barbie and roast you guys. Well, listen, <laughs> I gotta ask you guys this real quick. In all honesty, since Thaco and I were the only two that built towers, do we get a pass for this one? You guys can judge. No, I want to oh. get in. I want to get in. No, no, you can get in, but um, Thaco and um, Canadian, they're disqualified because yeah. they've already started. <laughs> so, okay, so Cujo, you got anything coming up you want to uh, No. Um, I'm going to probably, I don't know, shoot, I might have one day off now after I, I don't know if I'm going to get another you know video out here pretty soon, but. I've got a lot of miniatures I want to do reviews on. I've got a lot of projects on my Dwarven Forces that I want to do. I've got some Star Wars stuff I'd like to get into. A little bit how, how to, you know, I want that 5e to 
I'm going to talk about it in some of my yeah, videos. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I go overboard on everything Dungeons and Dragons on my channel. So. Nothing Links wrong with that. Description below. Uh, you got anything coming up? Yeah, I got a, next week I got a video coming up on how to store some uh, flat miniatures and stuff uh, and, how to, and how I transport them. Okay. I think it's going to be very useful for the people who has them. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Um, myself, um, I'm continuing to just work on my projects. I still have the Gypsy House. So I've been actually contemplating doing another live show uh, on my own um, sometime during the week, not on Fridays. I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. Um, but I'm thinking about starting a live stream show uh, on my own. Um, of course, you guys are welcome to jump in. But it won't always be Dungeons & Dragons because, as you guys know, I have a ton of different hobbies that I'd like to talk about. Um, that, you have you know, zero nothing, hobbies. Nothing against, <laughs> nothing against anybody in this group. But, zero hobbies. You know, I, I like I said, I got a lot of different topics to bring up, and so I want to I want to try something with that. So, I mean, you know, if you, whoever's following me, you know, I, I, obviously I appreciate it, but just stick with me because I'm gonna I'm working on something. So, that that's what I've got. Um, same channel. Same channel, same time. Yeah, it's gonna be that. Yeah, because that's. I, I've had people ask me. I know, I, I know. Separate channels, but no, that's it's all me. Some all people there. do channels for just their live streams. Right, um. right, and yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. But um, anyway, uh, for those um, in the chat and watching or who watch, thank you guys for joining us. Um, we obviously appreciate it, and like I said, we're gonna work, we're gonna work on chi on the chats. Mm. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get that locked oh. down eventually. Um, and again, I'm thinking maybe five minutes. Thank you one other for thing for um, one other thing for people, and we'll put the links in the Discord somewhere. So we've been picked up on a few different platforms now, as far as oh, the yeah. podcast version of this show goes. So it's basically just a rip of the audio. Um, upload. We use Anchor, so we're on Spotify, Google have approved us, that sort of thing. If Please. you use any of those things, um, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. Just helps helps us get some analytics and a bit of coverage. I don't expect you to watch this and then go back and listen to it at all. Or if you're playing it on your computer when you, before you go to bed, just hit play and let it play a few episodes on Spotify <laughs> with the sound off. <laughs> we, like, as much as Mate, I hate power hey. gaming, we're going to metagame the podcast world now and uh, so, <laughs> try, yeah, try to put can, things in our way. But. We're going to get the links for all those podcast channels. We'll start putting those in our descriptions for the show as well so that people can actually go out and follow those too if they want to. Like you said, it's it's pretty much the same show, just the audio. Yeah. So, um, Hey, Grim, when do they usually hit the post, uh, like podcast form? I've been asking, wondering about that. Uh, it usually takes a few hours for YouTube to properly process this video so I can download the audio and then I upload it and it's usually within a few hours. It probably won't happen today because I'm away for a work function, but tomorrow I'll rip it and do it. It'll be in the next day or so. Yeah, so um, it'll, that, it'll be available and show up in your feeds. That leads me to a, that's a good point. I wanted to segue that into the, the something that came up a couple of weeks back with our show. Uh, some of our, our Discord members were having a hard time uploading the show or watching it again after it was finished. When you do a live stream, it takes YouTube a while to actually formulate that video and actually get it completed. Yeah, and process it. Yeah. It's, the processing time takes longer than... And, you know, also, guys, it also depends on your um, download speed as well. 
Um, the faster your speed, obviously, you know, the, the quicker you're going to get it. But at least give us, you know, a couple hours after the show finishes before you start trying to download or watch the show. And that's a propagate out to all our data centers around yeah. the world. So some geographical locations will have the full one before right. others. So. Right. So, all right, guys, um, I think we're going to shut it down on that, right? I think we did pretty good here. But I, I, I feel like I think it was a good show tonight, guys. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, yeah. if you roll a 20... It's a critical. Hey, drink. Yeah. I've been waiting all gotcha. night for that. Okay, I've been waiting all night for that. You're gonna only get one per show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's my show. It's not rating high with the fans. Yeah. <laughs> you? Hey, here's my thumb. Here we go. My thumb. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, guys. If anything, uh, uh, again, thank you for joining, and hopefully, we can have uh, the same kind of group next week. Awesome. Right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for tuning in, guys. All right. Night. Again, guys, thanks for tuning in. Have a nice night.